Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This episode is with Tyson from Paradigm Transformations, and this is a fitness and health uh, episode, but definitely different from what we've uh, done in the past. This one has more of a storyline to it with Tyson, who I met at the gym, and uh, got to hear his story and then hear about this company that he's starting up and what kind of really cool things he's working on. And so I wanted to bring him onto the show, share his story with you, and then also the product that he's coming out with which I get to use. I've been using it a little bit, and uh, the the episode will explain it way better than I can, but it's pretty darn cool, and I think especially high-level athletes and trainers will be using this technology in the future, uh, but it's unlike anything I've seen, and uh, I'm really excited about it to learn how to use it and, and uh, help get my fitness up to the next level. But uh, definitely a long podcast and, and a great interview, and Tyson brings a lot to the table with his story and where he's going. And uh, just a really cool podcast. But before we get into this one, I want to remind people to sign up for that newsletter. Go to www.onpointpodcast.com and sign up for that newsletter. First one should be dropping this month. And you can find out things that I'm up to, projects currently coming out, and uh, links to the latest content. So totally excited about that. There will also be exclusive deals on the uh, newsletter as well. Right now we have On Point 10. That's On Point 10 for the Jimmy Tarps, which has been going on for a while. I think I'll probably go till the end of the month and then we'll uh, shut that down. But uh, definitely, you know, take advantage of a great company right there with an awesome product. They're giving you 10% off just for being a listener. And uh, Jimmy's a great company. So outside of that, guys, hope you enjoy this episode. I'll see you in the end. Bye. So uh, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. What do you think? All right. Sounds good. So uh, today I have a, this is going to be a different podcast, first of all, because I haven't really had anybody, I've never had anybody in, in your realm of fitness and, and stuff like that. And uh, your, your story's motivating. It's kind of, to me, it's inspirational. Thank you. Um, you know, it's it, it has a lot of different aspects, redemption, and then just everything. I really love your story. So I personally, me personally, I'd love to hear your story before we go into what you're about, but why don't you give me a quick intro for the folks that are listening, and then we'll just dive in. All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm Tyson Goff, um, and of course, part of the story that you're referring to is that, like a lot of people in my youth, I got kind of off track mm-hmm. for no other purpose uh, than I was bored. You know, I was an intelligent and a bright and energetic youth uh, in a small town, Myrtle Creek, Oregon. <laughs> very small. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, there's uh, not much to do. Looking back in as an adult, as an adult, uh, you know, I, I, I love to be there. I would love it. It's beautiful. Mm. But as a kid, I was bored. And so I sought out with all of that intense energy in the wrong ways, of course, because I was a youth. Yeah. Uh, drugs got a hold of me and I kind of went through a downward spiral. Um, and it ended up in my mid-20s, you know, that I I had ruined a lot of things in my life. And I ended up uh, actually catching criminal charges and um, causing harm to the community and my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know I was taken away. I was put away for that. Seven years of my life went to the state penitentiary. Seven years. Seven years, yeah. Holy uh, smokes. Seven years when I was, like I said, in my mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, so it was definitely, I kind of felt like maybe, uh-oh. That's kind of late in life to be having a seven-year <laughs> journey. figuring it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I never, yeah. you know, I didn't go to college or anything. I went to college inside, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but So they had, like, schooling inside when you were, you know, it was prison? 
State, state penitentiary. State penitentiary. Yeah, there, definitely. So you're with like hardcore <laughs> criminals and everything. And yeah, that. you know, it's they're there, definitely. Yeah. But there's also folks that have just, you know, people that get a, too many driving while suspended go to state oh, really? penitentiary. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but of course, since I had the seven-year term, I was in the, uh, the max and the mediums. Mm-hmm. Is Oregon, of course. Oregon's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, here's the thing that mattered is I was away from my family and everybody that I loved. I had nobody in there. That was my my friend at all. You know, it's not like that. I was right. miserable, and I had to I had to face that for almost a decade. Um, you know, that's that's rough. So yeah, and there's some some crazies in there. Don't get don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I imagine stories. you got some crazy stories. Yeah, like you know, we all watch like the orange and black TV yeah. show, and you're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so like when you got incarcerated and everything, I mean. You you went to the penitentiary. Is there was there a point when when you finally like I just picture the cell door shutting and then you're like, did it set in or was there a point where you're like, ah fuck, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> was yeah, there right. was there that oh shit moment? Yeah, uh, it didn't happen right away. Really? Uh, no, you would think so, right? But kind of, I'm pretty stubborn, I guess. Huh. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna I, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna get out, right? But I just kind of thought I'd just deal with it or something. Yeah, whatever. I didn't make the internal decisions to address myself. You know, because of course that takes real effort and accountability. And so I was still stuck in the, um, you know, the addicts mentality or, or a misguided mentality mm-hmm. of just kind of passing the buck in my own head. Right. But at some point you got to give up on that. I failed to mention that during that downturn and everything else, I was um, ballooning in size. Mm. So part of, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that I'm in fitness and everything else. And mm-hmm. the big part of the story here is that I was over 350 pounds at my worst. Yeah. Uh, I'm five, nine. You know, I'm not that big of a dude, but I was always bigger, and then I got really big, and it wouldn't go away. I stayed there. Uh, my metabolism was damaged from the, the chemical drug usage. Really? Must have been. I can't see any other reason I wasn't eating, you know, and, really? and that doesn't help you lose weight, but it also doesn't leave you at 350 morbidly obese pounds running around. Yeah. Uh, so, I went into, when I went into prison, I went in at that size. Uh, and under those circumstances and my, with that point in my life, you know, it's just, a, I had completely bombed my whole carpet bombed my whole life, you know? Mm. And, uh, I just had such high hopes for myself and everything when I was young. And I just, I just, at some point, you know, I just couldn't believe I did it. Couldn't believe I was there. And, mm. uh, but at the same time I just kind of rolled with it and I was doing it cause I had to. Right. But let's see, I went in when I was about 24, I think, uh, when I was 27, yeah, when I was 27, it was, um, that was it. I had actually gotten in some trouble in there um, because I was trying to uh, lose some weight and be healthy. So I uh, got some supplements pre-workout, actually. <laughs> like we were just, which I'm taking right, right now. Yeah, which you're drinking right now, right? But in there, it's a big no-no. It's like really? you, you are not allowed to have not anything. Not even illegal, like one you can buy off the shelf? Well, I'd like to highlight something here. It's an interesting part of <laughs> kind of who, who I am, right? But okay. I had went through the um, the stuff, the, the really hard stuff, and it had been a couple years inside there. So we were all the way back now to minimums. And in the minimums, there's less um, security, of course. Like minimum security. Minimum security, yeah, which is uh, you get to go on outside crews. And sometimes there's not even a fence. You know, you have to be good and have specific things not on your record. Like you can't have some of the more negatively viewed offenses on your record, you know, um, sex offenses and things like that that would be perceived as a danger to the community. Yeah. Um, So, but once you're out there and everything else, kind of freer, you know? Yeah. And um, so I actually went through and found some uh, some companies that provided um, 
institutionally approved um, supplements and you know TVs and everything. It was from the California prisons, and mm. uh, but they were already institutionally approved. And so I wrote this big. Uh, it was basically a grant, but it wasn't a grant, grant, right? It was a big proposal, and I provided all the answers how we could get this these health supplements in and everything and mm-hmm. they just don't listen they're like ha ah, you know noted uh, they like to say send you back noted something that says noted huh. yeah so anyway they wouldn't let us have the health stuff and so i made the uh, very unfortunate decision to try and get my own and i did <laughs> and uh you know yeah. after a while of that we got caught and so they don't like that because it could have been something other than a, right. a health supplement right and so of course that was my own I was thinking that I could just do it because that's what got me in trouble in the first place. Let me just highlight. I understand that, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so it, it, within there, you get in trouble and you can go to a place when they're really mad at you called IMU. And so that's solitary confinement. Oh, wow. Okay. And I actually spent 13 months in solitary confinement. Like um, by yourself, no sunshine, or how's that work? Yep, everything Just everything you everything think. you you picture like padded when I say, room, when I say solitary floor. confinement, yeah, what you're picturing is what it was. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, you know. <clears throat> yep. And so <laughs> not uh, a good time. Uh, actually, it was my most enlightening time. Really, I had my epiphanies there. In the Buddhist traditions, they like to call it "die before you die," and it's an expression of uh, if you have everything stripped away from you taking everything you just everything goes wrong and you lose it and everything else and then you realize that you're still there and you haven't been diminished Hmm. you know there becomes this understanding that you kind of can't be diminished Hmm. as an individual and that can only the, the only you can kind of say that but the only time you really know that is if you get tested in the fire with it right and so at the time i was having uh, I thought I was having my my son who there was a, I had a child on the way right when I went oh really to prison of course he was six months old hmm. so I was already concerned I've always wanted to be a father and I was very concerned that uh, I wasn't going to uh, be able to in, be involved in the early part of his life uh, and so I thought I was losing him in there there was some some talks about custody lossage and everything during that time mm-hmm. and so I was feeling like I was losing everything and um and uh, while we were in there, and during that time, I uh, headed to the IMU. Uh, the solitary. Solitary. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Intensive management unit. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice one. <laughs> right. They, yeah, they walk you to the shower <laughs> on a dog leash and everything. It's, really? Oh, it's terrible, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> they Well, they handcuff you behind you, and then they dog leash to the handcuffs, and then they hold their hand up behind there and pull the dog leash down. So what it does is it makes like a fulcrum, right? And it pulls mm. pulls your hands up. And if they need to, they can dislocate your shoulders. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, of course, they didn't need to worry about that with me. I was just kind of <laughs> hanging out there. But huh. um, So, anyway, yeah. And during that time, headed there. I was turning 27, and I kind of realized, uh-oh, what am I doing my life here? You know, and uh, my father didn't have any retirement plans. In fact, he was just trying to figure out how to help me still. And I was still had years in the state pen. So, uh, yeah, from that point, I had some sort of an epiphany where I just, I realized that I needed to do something. And my goal needed to be to create like generational wealth, basically, because nobody in my family has a plan. Hmm. And so how do you do that mm-hmm. from prison, headed to, uh, headed to solitary confinement? You know, how do you create generational wealth for your family? Pretty much, how do you get from the rock bottom? I mean, that has to be rock bottom. As far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah. yeah. To creating, basically breaking in the chain. You know, <clears throat> most families don't have generational wealth. They work till they die, paycheck to paycheck, and then they hand their kids probably some debt or, you know, 
enough money to bury him, and that's probably about it. Maybe a little bit of an inheritance, but that probably defines most people yeah, out there. Generally, I don't have any rich uncles that I know of. Yeah, me either. I was, <laughs> I was looking at, in my head. I'm looking for my savior, and there yeah. wasn't one. You know, so I realized, oh, I better figure something out. And yeah, I, you know, I'm capable. I'm smart. I understand that, and that was kind of. What I was saying about, you know, I I always felt like I had potential as a youth. And so Mm -hmm. it was very upsetting for me that I landed myself in that place because nobody could be blamed but me. It was all me. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people like to say, ah, this and that. But it was just my terrible behavior that got me there. That had to be when you you finally came full circle to thinking, you know, it was this guy's fault. No, no. Okay. And then you finally said, no, it, it was my fault. What was that? What was that like? How'd that feel? Because it had to be kind of. Um, I guess kind of a triumphant moment for you there, you know. I mean, I yeah. imagine it would be sobering. It'd be I don't know. I you know how 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 to feel about that. How would how did that go? Well, I had always understood that I was the issue. I didn't. I wasn't one to try to force my stuff out, uh-huh. <clears throat> but I drowned it in the addiction, the chemical really? addiction. I just said it was the drug, and it and it was. But it was my choices within that mindset. But yeah. once I realized that I actually had to grab a hold of the issues and go forward through them, it was scary. Maybe that's what it was, was scary. Really? You know? Well, yeah, because like I said, I was headed to a, uh, it's not like I was headed to an opportunity. You know, I was <laughs> right. headed, I was headed to solitary confinement, turning 27, heading into my thirties, mm. you know, not going to get out of prison until I was 31. Uh, so halfway through you know and it was not i was just like wow anyway so from from that point i decided i was going to begin to learn and i know that I'm, my mind is sharp i always have been a, a studier a learner so i mm-hmm. began to ask my dad uh, i kind of laid out the plan i said i'm going to figure out how to use my brain i got three more years to plan i'm going to figure it out something uh so he started sending me after we talked my dad's always been my partner he's my uh, primary investor he's always had my back uh, he was the one reason why I kept fighting for myself mm-hmm. because I always felt like if I gave up, I would be letting him down because he had never given up. You know what I mean? He was like the only one. There's a lot of people that I love my family. Everybody's great, but most people kind of just threw in a towel because I, I was a wreck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he didn't. So he was the one who kept me fighting and everything. And so he started sending me um, stock option trading books. And I started to study, you know, complex mathematics and formulas for financial instruments and how they work. And mm-hmm. I studied. I have a massive amount of studying that I did. And, um, you know, that. And then during that whole time, I was trying to address the idea that I was in prison, which is a dangerous place to be if you're a fat flubber butt. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I was, and that's yeah. how I felt about myself. You know, I was, I was watching these little dudes uh, that were lifting weights mm. that were huge, and I was weak. And I was thinking, oh, if those guys want to fight me, I'm not going to be screwed. able to help myself <laughs> too much, you know. Right. And so um, I began to address fitness as well. So I was trying to learn how to make money with stock options and stocks and mathematics in my brain. And then I was um, trying to address my health for myself. In fact, I swore I would never sell fitness. Um, Mm. People started to, I started to get results from the fitness, massive results because I work hard and I applied what I would learn in Mm -hmm. the books. Uh, I didn't really listen to what people were telling me because they could never follow up what they were saying with any reasoning. Mm. They were kind of telling me stuff. And so then I'd go read about it and find out the reasonings and then, you know, lay out a system and I I would get results. So they'd start telling me, you know, hey, help me out. You should do this. You should do that. And, of course, I, I just in my private self, I told myself, no, this is for me. I'm smart. I'll figure out how to make money, 
I'll take care of my family and everything, but I'm getting healthy for me and I'm tired of being fat. It'd probably be easier to get a girl if I don't look like this, right? <laughs> so this is a, this is a thing in the back of my head all the time. I can't ever find the right girl because I'm, I'm fat. Uh-huh. That wasn't true. I could never find the right girl because I didn't love myself, but um, that had to come later, right? You got to love yourself before other people are allowed to love the real you because otherwise you're, you're always shifting, trying to please. Yeah. You know, so you have to be all right with yourself, but... It's interesting hearing you talk about how much, because it seems like a lot of this, um, like your mentality and your outlook on everything probably came all from that solitary part of your life where you, you where you meditated and stuff. I mean, had you ever I didn't, meditated? Yeah, I or, didn't meditate in there. I wish I would have had it in prison. You, you, so you just read books and stuff? I mean, there had to be a lot I, of thought, I'm, just thinking time. Exactly. You know? Of thinking time. And that's what I had to learn how to kill was my active mind. And that's what got me into um, drug addiction. I was, remember, I was bored. Uh-huh. And my mind would be active. Well, within the prison walls, my active mind couldn't produce anything. If it did, I would have to choose to go out and get in the mix of people getting in trouble with each other because mm. there's nothing else but some other inmates there. Uh, and there was a lot of that. It's called politics within there. And it's, really? Yeah, they they try to make other people, you know, you ever, remember how in high school people would be mean to each other and start talking about each other bad to make the one bad on, you know, and uh, kind of shame their reputation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just mean stuff. So that translated with, you know, into a permanent situation where you have to live with people and can end up in a violent nature for you. Right. So very complicated game. I, always inside of there, it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. Well, I know through just learning and business and stuff and, and from everything that I've learned in my personal life is association, it's everything. And when you're in there, you're associating with other known criminals. So it's like, how do you, it's like, how do you break away from that? But then but going the, to solitary was you breaking away from that. So yeah. like being, getting in more, in more trouble actually allowed you to kind of like get a cushion away from all the, all the other inmates. Cause that's just, that's probably just not good association. I don't mean to broad stroke everybody in there, but if your best five best friends are other criminals, cause that's where you live, then yeah. How do you break the chain? It's, you know, it's true though. And actually, I liked. I, I'm okay with being with myself alone by myself. I always have been. I grew up uh, out in the middle of nature, mm. and I would spend hours in the mountains. Really, by myself. Yeah, I grew up in 80 acres outside of Myrtle Creek. Oh, heck yeah! Uh, it was Melrose Plot. They called it, I think, so you could shoot like musket loaders there. There's always people uh, coming there and you know camping on the grounds and hunting and everything. But so, but I would just go out into the mountains. That was my thing. I love it. You know, and huh. I still love it to this day. Uh, so I can't wait to kind of get back to a sp- spot in my life where it's okay to do that. I'm busy building stuff. Right. Nobody wants me to go to the mountains for a day right now. But, <laughs> uh, huh. but yeah, so um, yeah, that's where I grew up. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, no, so you were talking about basically just moving forward and, yeah. and, and, and I was picking your brain about, you know, the meditating and you said you weren't meditating. Oh, yeah, no. So what I learned kind of going forward from that is that you know, meditation came naturally after fitness mm-hmm. for me um, because fitness was becoming my meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, David Goggins, I'm reading a book called Can't Hurt Me. Yes. Or listening to it. David Goggins talks about physical fitness um, becoming a very powerful spiritual uh, transformer, you know, a transmuter of, of people's energy for spirituality because your, your focus is likely to be more single pointed when you're trying to not drop a weight on yourself or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when your focus is single pointed in any way, it's not 
getting scattered on the bunch of the subconscious negativity that you generally usually consumes your processing power of your brain, right? So your subconscious will be trying to address every uh, perceived problem that you might have mm. uh, by running through massive, you know, they worry. It's mm -hmm. just you're worrying mm -hmm. for, and for nothing. So, but when you're focused on something singularly, you can't be worrying about other things by default because your, your focus is all there. And, uh, and so that helped me when I would, what I didn't realize was that that was a meditative state, you know, singularly focused point where I'm, yeah. my mind's not scattered, um, is moving meditation, right? And so in focusing on the reps and counting, which is what I would do. Interesting. Uh, I was achieving a, a quiet space of mind, right? And that quiet space of mind, you only need some of it and it begins to grow. I found this out over a lot of self-discovery, you know, of course, this tract of learning took me years and years. And uh, you can't see me on the podcast here, but right. the 350 pounds turned into, you know, 160 pounds at 4% body fat, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. I, I'm back up above the 4%. That's not healthy to stay there. But I went, when I got home from prison, I decided to see exactly what I could do specifically with my body. And, uh, you know, I got to competition status. I, hmm. I, I didn't feel good mind you, looking mm -hmm. like that. That's not how you want to live your life. But I did it to see if I could, and it, I could. It was phenomenal. It was easy. It wasn't easy, but I could do it. I could do anything. Right. I discipline. Figured, yeah, discipline. Yeah. I, I realized that I can do anything, and so I saw, okay, if I can push it, you know, I don't want to push it all the way, and push it down to almost sub-4% body fat, you know? Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that after being 350 pounds, and I was like 60-something. I got chested one time. I was like 65% body really? fat. Like, Come on, man. Dude, when, yeah, the first time you and I met was in the gym, and um, you, you're freaking shredded. Yeah. I mean, and it was like, okay, so this guy's probably here all the time, you know. <laughs> and I'm there three to five times a week for I'm in and out within an hour, hour and twenty. Like I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of time, so I just get what I need and get out of there. Yeah. And uh, you know, I could work out harder, absolutely, and, and be better at it. But I, I don't want to be shredded. Like I don't. That's not my goal. Yeah. Um. But when you told me how big you used to be, I was like. I don't know. And then you pulled out your phone. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was it's, like, holy Nikes. The, the pictures do. Uh, yeah. They get people to listen because, you know, sitting here talking to me and looking at me and, and everything else, you might not know that I used to do drugs. I mean, yeah. I have my teeth, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and I speak articulate and I can, you know, I'm just generally a normal person. I don't have a bunch of tattoos. So the prison story doesn't right. seem to really ring true when right. you're looking at me. And when I tell you then I was obese, that kind of sounds like, what? Well, when you when you live in a place like Roseburg or Myrtle Creek, you can recognize somebody that has abused those chemical drugs, and 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 you just don't have those signs. Yeah. Like so, you're like still very well put together and articulate, and, and thank and God. There. Because, yeah. Uh, definitely. The, yeah. You know, I've got friends that have done it, family that have done it, and they just they have these weird like twitches or tw twerks and the mannerisms and, and yeah. The, yeah, it's just you can tell. Um, when somebody has definitely abused those kind of drugs and, and you don't show any signs of it. It's really remarkable. Yeah. I, I'm very grateful for that, you know, yeah. because I did abuse it. It was, uh, I'm intense. I'm an intense human being mm -hmm. and my intensity was just directed toward a bad, uh, a bad behavior. Now it's directed toward a company <laughs> right, right. and trying to help people. Right. So, but same intensity. Well, I want to, I want to kind of move into a point where you, you got out of there. Yeah. And then, so you got out of there, you got into competition, bodybuilding and stuff? No, definitely not. Of or course, the, it uh, was still for me. Right. Yeah, probably. It was still, I, I to see, uh, to get myself to competition status, Yeah. Um, which just meant really low body fat and 
extremely trained, you know. Um, I was just seeing if I could mm-hmm. because it was just a furthering of the same process. And I proved it to myself by doing so. And I got, you know, I, I, I led up to a photo shoot and I got those photos. Mm. Um, and then I, and then I stepped into trying to learn how to balance myself because you can't just always achieve for this massive peak performance and competition bodybuilding status. It's very unhealthy. And I wasn't, I wasn't able to really live my life. Like you just said, you know, you go to the gym a few days a week, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and you don't have a whole bunch of time. And so I, was trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this work for my life? Because I got to figure out again, still how to make money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure this out. I had been trying to figure it out for years at this point, and uh, and so I had to shift off of the competition stuff, and then um, I was still trying to do the stocks and everything else. But I was learning how to balance. Balance is a, a big word. Everybody uses the word balance, but it's true. It's very true mm-hmm. uh, because actually, you don't need more than those hours that you just described. Really, you could pay a little bit more attention uh, but uh, to yourself like with stretching or flexibility on mm-hmm. the days that you don't go to the gym mm-hmm. I would recommend that um, here in your home or wherever you want it like, like a like a yoga yoga is beautiful yeah. yeah yoga combines a lot of the aspects of meditation that we were talking about which is breath breath is hugely important because it's one of the only uh, factors in your body that you can take control of mm-hmm. that has access to the subconscious so there's when you breathe in um, Let's see if I can get it right. I think it's when you breathe in, it's a sympathetic response, and when you breathe out, it's parasympathetic. And those two central nervous systems together create your autonomic nervous system. And um, sympathetic is what you hear described as um, fight or flight, Mm -hmm. and parasympathetic is rest and digest in very simple terms, right? So Hmm. when you... um, you can't really grab sub- so like your heartbeat is subconscious, right? Uh, it's just operated automatically. Um, but your breath, you can grab a hold of and make it go on and off. And so in doing that, you are putting that single-pointed focus within yourself. Interesting. And uh, and then yoga combines movement with that, which is strength training and and lengthening of the muscles and everything with breath. So it's very powerful. Hmm. I well, rec- I, recommend I notice yoga. when I focus on my breathing because my brother was a super good runner and he always told told me like it was like in through the nose, out through the mouth or something like that. He's like focus on a on on your breathing, and when I do that, my times go way better. Like I can run a mile. I'll knock thirty seconds off if I just focus on my breathing. Yeah, like it is incredible. Like having a structured breathing pattern. And then just making sure that you're focused on it and that you can, you're controlling as much as you can of your body or your breath. It's really weird. Um, and I've always, I've always heard that. And I might have it backwards, but I'm pretty sure it's in through your nose, out through your mouth. Yeah, I always heard that if you're feeling sick, do in through your nose, out through your mouth. Yeah. You know? But um, for, for running or whatever else, implementing a breathing pattern mm-hmm. is extremely powerful because you take control of those systems that are kind of herky-jerky and kind of just yeah. making it work if you're not paying attention to them. Yeah. But it also, you know, what's happening is when you do that, you're focusing. Mm-hmm. You are taking your focus from wherever it might have been, mm-hmm. and you're already running, right? And then now you're making sure that you focus on your breath too. So you're focusing on running and breath, and you're, all your focus is right on yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while it improves your ability to respirate, you know, because you're breathing in and out on purpose. It mm-hmm. also puts your focus away from whatever troubles you might yeah. have. Yeah, the suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate running, yeah. but when I get good at it, I enjoy it. You're right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so I, you know, you part of your story. I want I want to make sure we cover is yeah. is the redemption part. And so you get out of penitentiary, <laughs> and then you try starting your your own business and stuff like that. 
Run me through that process and some of the snags that you ran into being, um, I, I guess, a felon. I mean, I don't know. A multiple felon. A multiple, yeah. multiple felon. <laughs> I got like nine felonies on my record. Man, should, I graduated terrible, man. with, uh, <laughs> I was one of the most straightest arrow kids you ever but I had one night of fun. And it got me six misdemeanors and a felony. <laughs> that was a good night, though, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, it's all, it's all expunged. But, yeah, <laughs> right. it was it was gone when I turned 18. But it was right. like so mine didn't start so until stupid. the day I turned 18, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're, gonna, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be an idiot, do, do it before you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah. yeah, go ahead and, and walk me through that because it, it, it kind of, like, infuriated me. I'm like, I can understand part of the reasoning, but – for somebody that does really truly want to get better and move on with their life, some of the rules that that we have here locally, I don't know if it's abroad, kind of prevent that. So. Yeah, no, this is probably uh, that's probably prevalent across the nation, mm-hmm. I'd say. But to the point of you being good in school, right? I want to go back <laughs> to me in school. Sure. I I had whatever issues I had that were extracurricular and not good, but I was also uh, nominated valedictorian. On really? the way up, yeah, well, I always had a 4.0. Uh, I was captain of the football team. I played in state band. Like really? Saxophones and trumpets and such. There you go. So I mean to say that, you know, I exhibited any characteristic you could have seen in a child mm-hmm. all across the board. So it's almost like anybody could fall into such a trap. Oh, is what I mean to say, you know. The kids that I, that were the, like, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost afraid of having a kid and fears that they're going to be one of the cool kids because it seems like a lot of the cool kids are the ones that fell the hardest after high school. Right here, dude. And not because not I was a cool kid, but because I was, um, you know, people thought I was that or whatever else just because mm-hmm. I was active and social with everybody and that got me really? feeling like I needed to fulfill a role maybe, yeah. you know. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe that's just who I was, but uh, I feel like if I had maybe had some hardship or something because I saw a lot of my friends that did have to go through tribulation, you know, they they got it a little bit earlier than me. Well, it's like uh, the the saying, hard times create great people. And yeah. if your easy times create soft people. And if you don't have anything to build character, then, yeah. you know, it's like the greatest generation ever was the greatest generation because that was the greatest t- trial and tribulation America's yeah. faced. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've always heard that, and it makes sense. The guys that fight and struggle and, and have to build character and a work ethic because they have to or else they're not going to eat when they're young or or their parents are super hard on them in a good way. Yeah. Those are the ones that seem to to, to do better than the Get ones it. that have a, you know a silver spoon and don't have to work for shit. You know. Yeah, like, and that's what happened. You know, inside for me is like I, I had the soft life in the beginning, which mm-hmm. I love my family. Everybody was very nice. Mm-hmm. I had no reason to go astray, man. It was all me. But uh, within there, you know, it was no. All that was gone. We mm-hmm. Better figured out. <laughs> and right. so I was like, oh, you know, okay. And then you're right. And then I started thinking, I I got to do this. Nobody else going to do it for me. You know, yeah. I had to build. I had to build my own character. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so what you were uh, talking about was uh, when I came home and, um, you know, I, I tried to do some things and then I decided I was going to start my own company because mm-hmm. um, I needed to share what I'd learned about fitness with people. So many people want the knowledge that I have gained over those, you know, it's been 10 years or so now, oh, more, 12 years yeah. or so uh, since I started paying attention to my health. Uh, and a lot of people want to know how I do it. It's, it's second nature for me, and it's also very valuable information for people. It's also very basic, but I don't have time to continuously explain life, you know, 10 years worth of learning to mm-hmm. everybody. People say, hey, real quick, how do I lose my fat, all my fat, real quick? Oh, real <laughs> what's quick. The, what's, the, what's the trick? What's the trick? Yeah, yeah one trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so... Uh, trying to, and then I realized, okay, I have all this knowledge. I need to learn how to share it with people, you know. And so I'm, I'm going to start a company. 
uh, fitness company, the thing I swore I wasn't going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Remember when I stepped on, I swore I wasn't going to still gets me. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and so I started setting out to do so. I, um, I started building, uh, I figured out I needed something called a business plan. Nobody had told me about such a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, so I wrote a plan down and, of course, got laughed at by a bunch of people. That's There's an official thing called a business plan. I had to learn all right. these things and such. And so I was doing all this work and building it all out. And um, and a very simple thing that I'd never thought about crossed my path. And I, I needed a, um, a business license in the city of Roseburg. Uh, which okay so i went down to get a bit you know it's an online business i'm building a mobile application um Mm -hmm. me and the team that i work with are building a mobile application for personal training and uh so it's web-based and i went down there and talked to them get the license to do so and operate it within the kind of you know we'd bring revenue and tax dollars to the to the county and everything to the city and they uh they said you know that's not allowed and because I'm a, you know, I have a, a criminal record at all. Having any criminal record, even a misdemeanor, really is an, is an issue. Having a felony is a disqualification. Hmm. Um, and I had already done quite a bit of planning at this point. I was, I was already headed forward on the thing, and I just couldn't believe that they were telling me no. And I, so I said, well, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, they just, they said, you know, nah. And so what I found out is that there'd been an issue, and they'd went around and actually kind of. Once they put that rule in place, they they were fighting with people that were already established business owners that had a record. Oh, really? And they were not trying to grandfather them in and stuff. And so anyway, that got sorted out or whatever. But it was such an issue that it was an issue at some point. And uh, here's where, you know, the state kind of did their own thing to themselves. Um, So in there, in prison, I went through every program you can think of. I (laughs) I was honest on my intake form mm-hmm. and told them all the <laughs> all the problems I'd been in and everything and mm-hmm. so they put me in every I qualified for every program available <laughs> really and, oh they loved me because the federal uh, entities give the state entities dollars for every inmate they oh, run through programming yeah, and yeah. it's just a money game and uh, and so I was I had seven years of programming um, psychosocial models of behavior and cognitive behavioral therapy um, massively uh, communications classes and um uh, GED training all the way through. I, I, I earned my way into college and stuff. Uh, but you know, a lot of it and every program that exists, that's like state qualified, at least in our state Mm -hmm. at that time, you know, I, I did it and I kept everything. I kept all the certificates and all the stuff I'd ever been through. And so when they told me later, um, that, that I couldn't start a company, for health, mind you, mm-hmm. to, to help guide people in the way that I had found my own redemption mm-hmm. with fitness, nutrition, meditation, and emotional control. Uh, they said I couldn't teach that to other people because I had screwed up earlier in my life. And I, you know, I said, well, I'm sorry. I kind of beg to differ on the logic there. Is there any way you know, around that? And it turned out that there was an obscure um, you know, clause where you could, you could dispute it. And so I did. I got to somebody named uh, Lance, who was a city manager, and um, I met with him a couple weeks later. So they told me no twice, and then I had to come back, and I had to ask him very nicely, well, if it's a no from you guys, who's the next person I talk to? Mm-hmm. And finally, we got um, all the way through, and so they told me, you're going to have to apply once, and you'll get denied, right? and you pay the fee, and then you can apply again, and then you pay that fee too, and if you win your appeal then you can get that second feedback and your license. I said, okay, so here's the, you know, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any, I'm doing all this on nothing. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to make it happen with my dad 
help and support me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we paid the fees and everything. I got to the second, um, round and went and met with Lance and I just talked to him like me and you were talking, you know, he was ready to, he was ready to tell me no when I walked in there and it didn't, it doesn't feel good when people have a, a view of you right? already. And I know he'd went and, you know, looked and everything and see. And so anyway, I went in there and I just asked him, Hey, I was trying to find a way to make this work. You know, I was trying to start a company and I've done every program that the state has to offer, you know, I've passed them all flying colors. I've, I've adhered to every guideline. Uh, I've done everything I can. Here I am trying to reenter as a productive member of society back in and fulfill the mission statement of, uh, the parole and probation. It's right on their wall. You know, they want to help, uh, reintroduce uh, people and, and teach them how to be productive and honest and giving members of society. Mm-hmm. So here I am trying to be that, trying to fulfill the mission statement of the of the organization that just spit me out. And, uh, you know, and they were telling me no, telling me it wasn't a possibility. So they actually, they listened to that logic and they changed the, the rules around that. Really? Um, yeah, they did. Now, they had to create a document, but they called me on a Friday, the receptionist, and said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, uh, that we're going to let it happen. You know, they signed off on it. We have to really? create some documents and everything else for you because this is a new thing, but you know, we're, we're going to do it. And so what that does is sets precedent, you know? And so now when I'm reaching out with the app and the advice and the, you know, the, the post and everything that I do to, to, to give with the content that's building on the website and everything else, um, I'll, it takes away this huge excuse where people might be able to say, you know, yeah, but I can't do it because this, Right. And uh, actually, you can. It's not going to be easy, right? But you took a lot of effort in screwing your life up that bad. It's going to take some effort to get back out of it. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's well put. It is. And I, I recognize that uh, in my own life. And so I didn't ask anybody to give me anything. I asked them for the opportunity to earn it. Mm. And um, they they still told me no at that a lot. But, you know, you got to keep <laughs> telling them, no, I, you, yeah. like, I, you owe me the right to try. <laughs> Nobody right. owed me anything. But, you know, I really was asking them. And, and so they did, uh, they put a very reasonable stance on it and they said, okay, if you go and commit more felonies, um, you know, you can't have your license. We'll give you a five year deal for that. And then after that, you know, you're fine. Very reasonable, right? Don't continue to be a criminal and you can you know, live your life. Yeah. You can relive your life. And, uh, and so I was, I was very thankful that they did that. And now that path of opportunity is open to anybody else, at least in our area. Right. Mm-hmm. And if there's another area ever that this comes about with, you know, that system can be held up as an example. And you can say, look, maybe if people go through all these classes that this dude went through and, you know, cause I've been through it all and I've, I've successfully applied it in my life. That's why I'm right. able to sit here and, and speak and talk about the things uh, that, that I did wrong, but I don't feel, I don't feel like bad or remorse about them. I just recognize what they were and I adjusted appropriately. Uh, and so this is uh, just a value in my life completely from all of that stuff I went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's good. I think it's good that people, if they're going to try to come back from some problems in their life, that they learn how to address their own issues. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I know I said it already, but you know, having a path to redemption, it's a requirement. I mean, or else you're just dooming that person to go back into the system. I mean, if you don't give the person a chance, yeah. I mean, Granted, I, I know people personally, a lot of people, Roseburg's horrible, Douglas County's got a really big problem with drugs. And yeah. so I, I guarantee anybody listening to this, mm-hmm. it's probably actually anywhere you go, it's, 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 um, whether, you know, I've had friends in other uh, states that are cops and it's heroin across the board, across the whole nation. That's a horrible thing. It's like, 
you want us to just blame it on Rosenberg, but it is everywhere. So I yeah. guarantee there's people relating to this and they're probably in Wisconsin, <laughs> you know, for sure. For yeah. sure. And you know what I've experienced? It's a cool point. I want to bring it in right because we're talking about fitness and drug addiction is, yeah, you know, it's the theme kind of the conversation right now, but uh, I've witnessed over and over and over again, since I've come home and been mm-hmm. in the gym and kind of existed in that environment, watching people come drift in there mm-hmm. to try and just feel better. And then, it comes one day when usually these people that drift in, they're trying to feel better. They have an issue. They're, they're addicted to something. They have an eating disorder. Some some sort of maladaptation mm-hmm. is what it's called. Hmm. And um, they would come in and then they would begin to work out. And then over the course of months and everything, there would come a day, right? And there's a few specific examples that just stuck out to me. But there would come a day that the drug, <coughs> excuse me, oxycodone in the very specific example yeah. I'm talking about right now, got in the way of this dude's workout. And he released the drug because his preference had changed. His beliefs had changed. And so his beliefs now were that the workout was the important thing. Mm. His health and the way he felt with the endorphins and everything else. And Mm -hmm. so his belief that that was primary to him allowed him to step away from the drug. Because before that, his body was telling him the drug was the most important thing because of the way it made him feel, right? So his belief inside, his actual subconscious belief system was that the drug was giving him what he wanted and needed. Uh, so those beliefs changed as a basis of uh, him experiencing and his his brain. And so our brain is an analog pattern matching mechanism and it takes experiences when we, when we go through them and it kind of compares all those variables. So if you go to the gym and then your body recognizes that your, uh, afterward, your blood pressure was lowered mm-hmm. and uh, your, your um, endocrine system was stimulated to create more beneficial hormones and you rested better and it kind of realized that you felt better, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the next time you went to the gym, it did that again. So now the brain has two times that it can p- compare. And the more times you give it a reference, mm-hmm. the more times it can say, actually, that is always a beneficial pattern for me. And it tries to lean toward that as a standard, right? So these are called your set point. And um, hmm. drugs create an artificial set point very quickly because it's a massive rush of feel-good hormones and stuff, um, mm. you know, endocrine uh, hormones and uh, dopamine and some uh, neurotransmitters and mm-hmm. things that make you feel good. And so it tricks you into thinking that's beneficial. Right. And so, of course, but when we do it with health, we have to give our body reference points for that information. And, uh, and then the brain learns. And I wonder if that's why, like, everybody's so caught up with flexing and checking their muscles when they're working out and stuff because you're constantly getting that feedback. And that's why... It's fun to check your muscles when you're pumped, like you yeah. got all the blood flowing yeah. up. It's like, oh, I'm Jack. Then Looking you, good, yeah. Yeah, and then like an hour later, you're like, oh, shit. What, what <laughs> yeah, then? why am I so small now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. I, I love visual feedback, um, but it, uh, it's for a different reason now. I used to love it for the aesthetics because I, um, when I got the first time I got visual feedback, uh, I... I it's huge because I never gave up after that point. Mm. So I was in, we go back to the prison, right, and I was... I was just miserable. I hated being fat. I hated it. Everybody was watching movies inside. The movie weekends happened. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching movies inside, and it was about 30 degrees outside, 30, maybe a little, 35, because it was sleet coming down. It was mm. just pouring. We were over in Umatilla, Oregon, yeah. so it was, it was disgusting. And uh, it was pouring down rain. Everybody's watching a funny movie. It was a good movie. I remember. I was, you know, but I, I had decided I was going to not be fat. Right. So I was out running. In, a, in the rain and in lightning and everything and running around and uh and then i realized nobody else is out here right i was mm-hmm. on the yard and I, nobody else out here and so i was like i can take my shirt off i don't feel bad mm-hmm. right I, I don't take my shirt off when i was 350 pounds i felt 
terrible about myself. Uh, so, but I finally, I, it had been a few months, four or five months or something. And uh, so I took my shirt off and there's a, you know, a window and I, cause I, so I took my shirt off just to see, and I saw a shoulder muscle, hmm. man, I saw a shoulder muscle and I thought, Oh, here it goes. I, cause right then in my head, I could see underneath of all that fat. I could see that I had it there. There was a line there. There's a muscle. I could mm. make myself look like those magazines. I just knew yeah. it. I just knew it. And so as soon as I saw that and I realized it was working, I just, um, I understood and I just never gave up from that point, but I, I did need to see it. So it's cool to get visual feedback. And yeah. in, in the gym, a lot of people get um, caught up trying to flex to look good, uh, <laughs> right. but you should use mirrors. I recommend definitely using mirrors for visual feedback on um, where your body is. So sometimes you'll feel like you're level, but your yeah. look and your shoulders are not level. I um, do that all the time or, if, you know, making sure my back posture is good because I, I... Neutral spine. Yeah. And I catch myself all the time. Like I, I feel like I'm doing, I'll do a rep or two and then I'll look over and then I'm like, nope, got to arch a little farther back or get the shoulders back. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, and, and what listening to your story about running around when everybody's watching the things and then seeing the, the your first shoulder muscle <laughs> reminds me of a of an old um, saying about this sculptor um, who made these beautiful sculptors, a rock sculptor. And this guy says, "How do you create those beautiful sculptors?" He's like, "Well, the sculptor's always been there. All I had to do was chisel away the rock." Yeah, I was like, "That's pretty cool." And that reminded me of your story. Have you ever seen the picture of a of a fat person chiseling away? Uh. Uh-uh. Google it sometime. There's a there's a um a, like a marble or a stone statue. Yeah. They're always usually made of stone, and there'd be the bottom part is a very very obese person or a mm-hmm. human being, and then mm-hmm. that and then it looks like it's been chiseled, right? Mm-hmm. Like in half, and the very top is a completely quote unquote chiseled, yeah, uh, with six pack and everything person working on their own body like this with a hammer and chisel. Really, down below, right? that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a pretty common one, but it. Definitely, I experienced that because I lived in the fat body, but I had pictures of myself as, well, I looked at a dude named Steve Cook. Uh, he's a he's a really f- popular mm. fitness dude, and his, his body type is one that I really liked. Uh, and sitting there as a very flubber fat kid, you know, I was looking at the picture of this super fit dude, and I could see myself being that. And mm. what I learned later was that that visualization was what set forth all of the actions that took place after that really yeah but i didn't learn that till later right i didn't realize that our mental actions are what create our forward actions later that's really cool yeah it is and those um that set my subconscious to it so when i would play through the movements of the next day because here's where prison did this uh, weird thing for me you only have a certain amount of time you can use it if you're say white right if you're white this is unofficial politics right (laughs) so the white dudes only have the stack at this time you know the black dudes have the stack at this time this gang has it this time everything else so if you go around that you can get in trouble with and get hurt and everything that's ridiculous but it's true and so anyway i'd have only 45 minutes right and i had to get out there with every other person that was you know not affiliated Mm -hmm. uh, to try and get it done so at night I would plan my workout, right? And I would do so in my head. And I started recognizing that in the planning of my workout, my muscles would swell and I would start to sweat. Really? Yeah. Huh. No, no joke. Lay down and actually go through emotion in your mind and, and your central nervous system primes for that motion. Um, there's actually a lot of examples. I don't know if they're clinically validated or peer-reviewed studies, but they are studies. Uh, I'd have to find them just to link them to you right now, but I've read them. Um, and what they, what the general thing here is, is that people that practice a sport say, uh, and then people that sit and imagine practicing that sport mm-hmm. acquire the same skills. Really? Yeah. 
but you have that one's that one's hard for me to swallow. Yeah, because I like riding a bike. <clears throat> I mean, you must experience it, right? You I have, get what I you're mean, saying. Yeah, but once you have, and you go back and you practice it in your mind, I could see that. See, and so that it's like a simulator is how they're trying to say that it works, right? Oh, okay. uh, and so I don't so, think you could um, acquire a new skill, maybe because you have to experience right. it, but you can polish a new skill and acquire new variables within that skill. That, you know? that makes sense. Cause I, I talk about drumming every once in a while on the podcast and I, I drum, but, and I still, to this day, uh, my wife tells me stop tapping. Yeah. And yeah. that's all I'm doing is, is constantly like anytime, like I don't even know I'm doing it half the time, <laughs> but I'm constantly like trying to like, trying to keep some sort of, fair edge yeah. on and i'm nowhere where i used to be by any means and i suck now but i'm always like on my way home today like i wasn't getting this beat with my feet and it was just pissing me off and so for like literally 45 <laughs> minutes in the truck i'm trying to get my right my left foot to do something completely different than my right foot and then and long story short i was trying to i call it separate your your feet yeah um and uh Eventually, if I do, I know if I do that long enough in the truck, I'll, it'll transfer over onto the drums. Mm-hmm. Even though I've never done it that on the drums, right? So that un- I do understand what you're saying there because yeah. I, I have personally experienced that with my drumming, right? Yeah, yeah. and I found that uh, later that um, that was probably, and I, I say probably because you know I just I did everything, so I don't know which one factor, if any, mm-hmm. that it did the most. But um, without that mental playing of the games and, and planning and seeing myself as my intended result, mm-hmm. my subconscious would have been working against me because in seeing myself as my ended result, I knew I could get there. I've seen people lose all that weight before, so I knew I could get there. Mm. So my subconscious had my back, right? right? Right. Because I was believing it and I was reaffirming those visualizations by checking the magazines out and thinking, yeah, I can do it. I know I can. Mm-hmm. Trying to see the muscle, you know, every time flexing, trying to see the muscle. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I know I can get there. I know I can get there. And so those uh, affirmations is what I was doing. I didn't realize I didn't have all these words then. I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, I was affirming to myself and, and I was putting my mind on it. And then the action followed, right? And so I tried really hard, uh, and I thought that, that was what was getting it. But I think probably looking back that my my um, what set me apart, what allowed me to get the changes, because everybody in there is working out, but a lot of people don't change. Mm. Uh, it's because they're not applying knowledge. They're just going hard. Right. And there's a difference. Well, I talk about that with, with bows all the time when, you know, I posted a, something on Instagram the other day. It was a group. And it was basically to the effect, are you, are you shooting your bow or are you actually working on something? Because like, a lot of guys just go out there, they shoot, they don't think about anything. It's just kind of a mental release. They like a, <coughs> Almost like a, just like a mental release. They can space out, shoot their bow or almost some guys call it like a, even like a meditation kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or group therapy is, is kind of a the funny thing. It's You're, their happy place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, it's, it's. It's 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 intent. It, it, it's practicing with intent. I am focusing on my breathing. That's a good word. My I am focusing on my shot process, or I'm focusing on my shoulder, my front shoulder, my release hand. There's so many things that go into a shot process that a lot of guys just go out there and they fling arrows, and then they judge how good they did based off the size of their group. Man, you just described well. Uh, guy I work with. His name is Mike LaBoss. He's the executive director of the National Association mm. for Fitness Certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's private mentor uh, with me, 
partner in the company. Uh, he's always advising. He's on the board of directors uh, mm -hmm. for my company. And, and so a lot of my knowledge base is backed up with his credentials and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea here is that uh, he calls it monkey fitness. Monkey see, monkey do, right? And he says that mm. one of the biggest problems in the fitness industry is that people are doing what I was explaining to you that um, I was kind of, that most people do. They watch what everybody else does. They kind of listen and they figure out how to do those movements or mm -hmm. that those movements exist and then they do them. And um, there's a lot more to it than that. Right. Um, so like you were just saying, you could just do like monkey archery, I guess is what it'd be called, right? <laughs> where, you're, uh, where you're just pulling the shots back and firing them off and trying to get good. Right. That's one way. But you're there's specific movements. You just you just articulated a couple things. You know, your shoulder positioning, your mm -hmm. breath, the draw, probably the release, I would I would assume. I'm yeah. not a bow hunter, you know, but I, all of those things have to it's a very specific or uh right. um what do you call that? Like a process. fine movement. Yeah, you yeah. can't really uh, mess up and so yeah, yeah no that you were applying each one that that is a you know your your focus is single pointed so that is helping right yeah well i talk about it all the time on the podcast i talk I, you know i say you know kind of put the blinders on and stay in your lane and just focus on that just focus on what you're doing yeah and that's served me really well through the years is just you know i'm gonna do what i do i don't care what the guy in the next lane next to me is because if if, if what he's doing is not going to make me win the race right right so if it's, it's just listening to you talk you kind of just put the blinders on you know you're not watching the movie on the inside you're running on the outside mm -hmm. while everybody else is doing this and i've always i've always my best workouts come when no one else is at the gym because that's when i'm most motivated yeah because you're I, not kind of watching anybody else or anything yeah, i feel like i'm getting separation yeah. like when when i know no one else is shooting when i know no one else is researching when i know that nobody else is working out with guys that are in the industry or something like that, I feel like I'm separating myself and that is super empowering. Yeah. Super. You know, right. I don't know if it, that I'm very competitive. <laughs> and so, you know, like I was talking to somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, if you need to draw a target on my back, I'll fucking wear it. Like if, if that motivates you and I'm that guy that you're chasing, I have those guys. Yeah. They motivate the hell out of me. I don't hate them. I don't, you know, I, I look up to them. They motivate the hell out of me. But if I need to wear a, t a shirt with a target on my back, <laughs> Cause that'll get you to the next step. Then give me the fuck shirt. That's right. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's, I don't know, I guess it's each to his own, but just listening to you talk here, I can just totally relate to that. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and I kind of, I got caught a few times in, um, many times. I, I don't want to pretend like I've got it all figured out. I definitely don't. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, we as human beings get caught up in comparing ourselves to other human beings. It's a natural thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a terrible trap. Uh, because people are in different spots. They have different genetics. They have different belief systems. They have, everything's different. They're a right. different person, man. Um, so, you know, I've got caught in the fitness industry is a hugely competitive thing. And it's this, there's this idea, right, where you've walked around in your body your whole life. You pretty much probably figure you're an expert at it, right? Oh, you know, how do you argue with people with that? I mean, like, um, so, but I thought that too. And here I am really? now. Well, of course I was in my own body. I figured right. I was fine, knew how to work it. Mm -hmm. uh, but here now I've learned some specific uh, instructions and I learned some applied kinesiology and a whole bunch of movements and what the muscles do and how they work. And, um, you know, ankle problems can lead to knee problems, can lead to hip problems, mm -hmm. lead to back problems, all this postural differences. and Absolutely. So a lot of this stuff, matter, and I, what I realized in the end is that I didn't know Jack. I didn't know how to walk. I still am relearning how to walk correctly. 
I'm relearning how to uh, apply a neutral spine all the time, correctly have mm-hmm. correct posture, you know. Yeah, mine's not. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, being obese didn't help that. Um, oh. It definitely, you know, I wasn't trying to hold my posture correctly when I was fat, but then you're you're weighted incorrectly. You know, you're just not healthy, and so a lot of those things go into the company that I'm building. The reasoning for what I try to explain to people is that, you know, you can go hard, like with the monkey fitness, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. you can lose the fat and you'll get big muscles and everything. But, um, is it functional? Uh, you know, and is it functional? And, and what I mean is if you can, if, if you're not able to move correctly, uh, over time, then what you're doing is not helping you. Uh, you know, even if you're getting strong for the next five or eight years or something, but then myofascial adhesion builds up and you're internally rotated and, you know, your shoulders freeze. Mm. And then for the last, you know, 30 years of your life, you know, you're you're injured. You say, ah, I got this weightlifting injury. You know, ah, too bad. Right. But well, that's, it doesn't have to stay like that. So flexibility training and yeah. paying attention to things and recovering adequately, uh, these are very important things that I missed because I go hard. I forgot to I forgot to stop hard, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's important to recover. That's a good point. And, and there was a there was a year where I shot um, I shot an insane amount of arrows. It was like twenty some. There was like twenty thousand arrows between January the end of January, I think it was like the twenty fifth, and then beginning of hunting season. So it was like late August. I shot like twenty thousand arrows that year, and since then I've been paying for it with my shoulders. Really? Yeah, I, I still deal with it, and then I sometimes you know, and I work on it. All the time, all the time, I work on my shoulder health, and um, I still am nowhere. Like, for example, my shoulder, my left shoulder, is still so messed up. Like, I was doing dive, dives into a pool the other day, and you know how you put your your hands like this in front of your head when you're diving into the water. My shoulder would come back, like it wouldn't it wouldn't stay because it was so something's wrong with it. Like, I I dive and then it would like end up going like this, and and then just fucking hurt so bad. It was so weak. I can't keep my shoulder in in the diving position yeah. and so i feel like i've been shooting myself into a a corner you know every year goes by and so i've been working on my draw but working on shoulder workouts and stuff like that but you have me thinking this makes me curious right so <laughs> yeah. what you're describing is an overuse injury sounds like oh yeah um, i would absolutely there was days where i would get done shooting and i just thought it was i, I never put it together until after it was too late yeah. but i never had shoulder problems like i lay in bed and you know how like you're kind of laying with your hand behind your head and your elbows like going like kind of like this it would hurt so bad that I'd have to go up, watch TV, and then fall asleep on the couch. You know, like it would be, it would just hurt so bad. Just I couldn't cuddle with Kim, I couldn't do it. I see. So there's, uh, so there's, there's fixes for this stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> there is, and it's not, yeah. it's not like surgery or pills, like you're thinking. It's, it's. Um, so what happens is when you do one thing over and over, you know, you get strong right mm-hmm. there, but then the opposing muscle doesn't get strong too. Mm. So if mm. you're just like, I'm going to use a very general example. If you just do push-ups, um, yeah. then you're um, your back muscles aren't going to be able to retract your shoulder blades eventually mm-hmm. uh, because you're not doing the pull motion that balances it. And so those very strong rubber bands that you're building up, your muscles, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to push your arm forward, they're just going to leave your arm forward eventually. Really? Yeah, and so that makes ha- sense. And then, as, and then as you move around and stuff, what happens here when you rub on your hand real hard? Right here? Callus. Oh, right? yes, yes, yes. Over and over and over. And then and that's what happens in your muscles called myofascial adhesion. And it's just it's collagen that builds up um, after you break your muscles down and they're trying to build back up, break down, build up. Uh, and then basically just your body creates a callus and then mm. your brain registers that as no no motion. Mm. And then when that no motion finally gets restricted down to where something gets pinched and hurt mm-hmm. or cut or worn away or whatever inside, we call it an injury. 
Interesting. So, yeah, I literally so stretching the thing that is too strong. Yeah, and strengthening the thing that is too weak. Interesting. Is how we can bring balance back. So this is a very important part of um, kind of what my system is going to address. Uh, the muscle tracking algorithms can be applied to to everything, things like that. But I would just have to I would have to log. Um, bow hunting poles right or whatever mm-hmm. you call them archery poles yeah i've got this acubo thing that helps a little bit um it's Wait. a we're the one with the red band thing there what's it do? it's like a it's like a resistance training like a band um resistance band and okay. you can draw it just like a bow and you can hold weight and you can change the poundage on it and but that's going to train you yeah. to be stronger in the same movement pattern same that you movement were saying pattern. right that's so a good point yeah so you would want to train point. the opposing one Hmm. Right. So you, because if you get too strong in one way, it just makes sense. Those yeah, yeah, systems yeah. will overpower the other ones. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, a lot of things like uh, Facebook has a lot of a- a- advertisements for right now for people that have these rubber bands go around their fingers and they open them, right? They're called um, they're like for... <laughs> I haven't seen those. Well, they, they train the extensors on your arm. But this is because a bunch of people weightlifting grab bars all the time, heavy yes. bars, right? And then what do they not do? Don't train their o- hand. Open it with any sort of force. And that creates like carpal tunnel. You ever see an old person like this, yeah. you know? And yeah. so this is just, an, this is an opening, right? And then here's inward rotate, in, internal rotations here, external yeah. rotations here. Yeah. And so um, internal rotation, I have my hands in toward my chest and all curled like um, you've maybe seen an old gnarled arthritic person. Yeah. And then opened up, of course, is, is um, the opposite of that. But what happens is our phone is in front of us and we internally rotate to grab it. Our food is in front of us. We internally mm. rotate to grab it. Everything is in. And so we're always doing this, right? And then people can see the front of themselves in the gym. So now we're bench pressing because we can see our chest and we're doing, you know, curls and uh, shoulders because we can see all those. But we don't, people forget to train the back or if they do, they don't train it with as much um, reps or whatever else. And th- that creates muscle imbalances that create pain later because the joints are held imbalance Mm -hmm. you know if you pull evenly on two sides you'll stay in the middle if you change that you you know where you're held will be changed and Mm -hmm. like in the case of the shoulder specifically uh, i've had some serious shoulder injuries that i've been working out for the last two years Mm -hmm. that led to this whole uh, bit of understanding that we're talking about now Uh, internally rotated and frozen right shoulder internally rotated left shoulder internally rotated hip as well from car accidents and all kinds of stuff but um those overuse injuries that build up get myofascial adhesion, which is just like scar tissue in the muscles, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets you stuck, and then it's very painful to stretch out, and people just kind of consider it a permanent thing. Mm. But you can. You can train it away. I, I have went from being almost immobile um, just a couple of years ago now because I trained so hard. You just got so into it that I, and I didn't stretch and recover mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, and now I can, I can do the splits. I can do a, you know, back bridge and uh, I'm almost further than I could ever move before. Really? Yeah. And my hmm. body hasn't changed in weight. Um, but the way that I look has changed. So I went from being at my, uh, at my competition look, I was like, I looked really good or whatever. And then, um, as time went on from that, uh, my muscles seemed to shrink but what they were doing was just getting tighter and tighter. And so now as I've been stretching, they've been getting bigger. They're filling back out, and I can move more readily. I can move around. I feel better. There's no, no lower back pain. Yes. And uh, so I'm learning all of my, you know, the, the things that I was missing. Um, they're just corrective 
stabilization exercises and the, the kind of stuff that's not fun. It's not a big bench press or a deadlift or something. It's, mm-hmm. you know, those um, like an external rotation exercise, right? Yeah. And things like that matter because they, um, they fix the pain. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting hearing you say that because I, ca- I literally cannot draw my bow properly. I have to, you're supposed to use your shoulder, your scapula, and your, your elbow is supposed to be up. And you're supposed to kind of go back like this. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have to draw down like this with my elbow kind of pointed down and then draw almost across my chest because it just, it I, I literally, I, I literally can't even, I can't do it. Like it doesn't even hurt like my elbow, like it won't go with weight. It, it's just, it won't go. How are you supposed to do it? Can you... You're supposed to kind of, kind of like this. And then, um, so when I have a handheld release, I can do it better, but you're supposed to kind of grab it like this and then kind of like that. Okay. And then instead, I'm going straight across like this because with any, like even 40 pounds, I can't probably do it. Where does it hurt? Right on the top of my, like right, right, right on the top right back. there. It's a very sharp pain. And I, can, I can feel the whatever rolling across the bone in there. Yeah, I've, I've experienced it. And then, you know, you wouldn't think it, but um, it probably comes from your bicep. Probably, yeah. Your bicep actually goes up, connects into your shoulder right here and into the upper, tra- or the upper uh, pec. Mm. And this general area right here gets... Mm-hmm mash together and then the body likes to just tie things together that get hurt Oof. the body just ties them together as one so like uh, kind of like what our shoes do you know our, our toes mm-hmm. the, the body just kind of considers that a flipper you know and so <laughs> yeah. it ties all of these little muscles on the side of your foot together and mm-hmm. that actually causes a lot of knee problems really yeah so who stretches their shin not, not many people right but yeah. i've started stretching my shins and look i can squat better all of a sudden hmm. my back doesn't hurt interesting it well is. yeah back back stuff too like i started doing deadlifts last year and it was to the point where i'd go to bed every every night with i'd have to wait 20 minutes until i could fall asleep and handle the pain with my lower back like yeah. i had a horrible back and then i started doing deadlifts did the first one i couldn't even do 45 pounds on each side so i couldn't do a 135 pound deadlift i couldn't do it it's quite a bit for it to um, just start out just with. start yeah and uh you know, I was like, God, you know, I feel like such a was because I had these guys that were doing like three plates on each side because they're retarded. So, <laughs> yeah, I, like I was telling you about the, the monkey the, see. Yeah. yeah. So I, I started off with one and I still haven't, I, I still, I'm really kind of a pussy about it, but um, I, I still do 135s, but I do, um, I've gotten to the point where the first time I did it, I did two reps. I'm like, oh man, this sucks. But then I did one day where I did three sets of eight and I couldn't literally. Um, I thought I was going to have to go to the doctor. I couldn't stand up like straight for three or four days. And it was like, if you touch me, like I, like I start crying, like it was bad. Yeah. And then after that, I haven't had a problem. Really? Yeah. I think I was just literally so weak yeah. that they were like, what the heck? And then they're <laughs> like, and I did it again. And then I did it again. It probably took me a week and a half to go back and, and be able to, I literally could not work my back out for a week and a half. It took that long to recover. I, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it was like extremely deconditioned, is what that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did three sets of ten the other day, and I so for I so for done. anybody listening, the better <laughs> idea there is to go for a little less weight and build up to that rather than go through the excruciating pain. Yeah, yeah, it sucked, man. I mean, it was like, man, screw deadlifts. I'm like, you know, the pain's <laughs> probably telling me that I need to work on that yeah. area because I'm so weak. And then uh, I I did three sets of ten the other day, and I could have done. I could have kept going all day long. I was like, Perfect. no pain, and I don't have any more back pain now. Yeah, I think it's because I was so weak on my lower back. You must be, you must be doing it with the correct form then, because if if you do a deadlift with the correct form, you know it, it will strengthen your back. Yeah, it will 
oh, it absolutely. will stop the pain because those stabilization mm-hmm. muscles, those big stabilizer muscles that are that are firing when you're trying yeah. to not hurt yourself and move that weight, they're the things that when there's no weight on there, they very securely hold your spine. Yeah. I do a three. I don't do heavy. I just do the 135. Yeah. And I do. I wear, I make sure my form's perfect every time, and I don't have lower back pain. Period. Like anymore, it's Good. gone. Yeah. And no, it's not about weight. Uh, people get concerned or confused, I guess, or, or off track when they see bodybuilders. Yeah. Because bodybuilding is a specific sport that you have to. You know, you don't have to, but you you sh- you're going to dedicate a whole portion of your time, focus, energy, and attention to that if you want to achieve those extremes. Um, people have the wrong idea that fitness is bodybuilding mm. and, and it's not that I even, I got into that too. Why do you, you know, I, I went so far on yeah. that because I was following bodybuilding advice to try and lose weight where, you know, and so it worked, but you know, I had to counsel myself back from, I wasn't a bodybuilder too. Uh, and that's, you know, that's where I'm at now. I find balance. I'm light. I'm agile. I can run. Mm. My cardiovascular system is, is well intact. My resting heart rate's like 33. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's really low. Well, when you and I ran next to each other and I was like, I was like 190 or something like that. <laughs> and then you were like one, I don't know, 160 or 160 something. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. During, <laughs> during exertion though, you know, that's, that, that's, that's just people are different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But resting heart rate, um, when your resting heart rate's lower, it's just an example of. You're uh, healthier. Yeah. You're healthier. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. your, your body's, you can idle at a lower rate and you're being yeah. more efficient. Mine's probably upper sixties, low seventies. That's, I mean, that's great though. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. 60 to a hundred is normal. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I've always been around, you know. 70 but i think i'm probably like around 60 i'm just guessing talking out my ass probably 65 <laughs> to 70 right now uh, it's good great. it's good to know and as long as you're in the healthy ranges nothing to worry about you yeah know? what matters is what you train to um, yeah and of course those only matter if you know those those numbers of course kind of what our tech tells you yeah well, let's get into that man because i i i've never when you were first describing this to me i i love the ufc Okay, I, yeah. I'm a huge <laughs> UFC fan. I listen to Joe Rogan like every day. Right on, yeah. Um, I, we watch. I figure at some point all Joe Rogan will want to want to hear about all this. <laughs> I I think that you know what you have is a very very real world applicable um, use for really everybody that has a fitness goal or wants to really learn more about their body. Yeah. But I think for like a professional athlete. Holy shit! There's there's a lot there for a professional athlete. Yeah. For somebody like me, and we'll get into this here. But for somebody like me, I would need help analyzing what I'm looking at with all the data that your system provides. But let, give me give me the rundown, kind of your elevator sales pitch of, of paradigm and, and what you got going on. All right. Well, uh, so there's two different. You kind of described a couple different parts yeah. here. So I like to separate, break it out. Um, Let's see. Paradigm Transformations is our company, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, we are going to build, or we are building, a mobile application mm-hmm. that will use a wearable technology in order to read a person's body, mm-hmm. and then it will also show that person what to do for their fitness. So, the phone or the TV will show you what to do. Yeah. And the shirt or the wearable device will listen to your body and tell you when to start and stop. Okay. Yes. So that is 
Paradigm Transformations virtual personal training system that we're building. This fun functions on original algorithms that we've built. Um, they track your muscular stimulus and load and type, so it can tell mm -hmm. kind of what you've done and uh, how much that affects what muscles to a very granular detail. You know, mm. we're kind of talking about some of the muscles of the leg and stuff. Yes, yeah. and, and all the way down to those smaller muscles, we're going to be able to track those things. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing what you've done allows us to project forward what you should do to what we were just talking about, right? Bring muscular balance, musculoskeletal balance mm -hmm. to the body. Um, so that is the overall what we're doing. Now, the wearable technology uh, that you're referring to and that I just alluded to right there yeah. is uh, is another company. So that company we uh, is our collaborative uh, partner, and they are in Germany. That is Ambiotex. Mm -hmm. Ambiotex is the wearable technology that we will use to... Um, listen to the user's body. And right now, we sell that technology on our website, which is mm -hmm. paradigmtransformations.com. And um, we are the exclusive distributors in the United States for that technology now. Uh, and So there's nobody else in the U.S. that's doing what you're doing? Uh, yeah, this technology has not been available in the United States until last Thursday. <laughs> and that was when we turned our website on. That's so pretty it's, cool. So now it's on there, and I actually have the first physical order in my uh, North American warehouse here, which is my office. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, and so we've already <laughs> sold those um, those first orders, and we're, we've got another order on the way. Um, but that technology is what you were talking to about, and yes. it provides a lot of data. So uh, Ambiotex has uh, been in business for seven or eight years. They uh, operate with the Institute of Integrated Circuitry and Technology in Germany. They're, it's a really, what I mean to say is it's a really big organization full of scientists and very smart people yeah. that have went through a lot of problems and solved a lot of them. And what the shirt does is provides very accurate data and some really cool uh, tests that can determine fitness levels for an individual user. Um, the shirt measures your respiration, your heart rate, and your heart rate variability. It also takes uh, data recordings of things like GPS, altitude, slope, um, how many breaths you take, your calories, your steps. Mm. Uh, you know, there's an extensive amount of data that it, and then it, it logs all that uh, every time you're tracking it. It logs it all and you can review it. You have to know what it means though, which is kind of right. what we were expressing. Uh, so right now, Ambiotex uh, technology is most applicable to, like you said, professionals, um, coaches, sports scientists, people um, people that know what all that data means or that have a coach that can read the data and tell them what it means, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that data needs to be interpreted for the user mm -hmm. before it's applicable. And, and some, a lot of people like to track their data and then go back and check it out and they, they kind of know what that means and everything. Mm -hmm. Those people are going to love this because this is the most advanced wearable technology on the planet right now as far as I'm concerned. I, can't, I haven't been able to find anything else that measures to these um, accuracy levels. Well, that's, that's the... So you have somebody like me that is so basic. Right. Right. Uh, my, my knowledge is, is so limited. It, it's very, very, very elementary. When what it comes would you to do fitness. with all of that, right? Right. And when, when, when I try to describe this to like some friends of mine, they're like, so it's a Fitbit. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not a Fitbit. Yeah. It's, it's like a Fitbit on freaking crack. It's right. like, it, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's cool. 
you wear it. It yeah. tells you all sorts of cool shit. <laughs> and and so, if you don't know what to do with all that yeah. cool stuff, it really doesn't matter. And so right, that's, right, of course, right. what Paradigm Transformations is solving. So yeah. I recognize that. I, yeah. I kind of know what that data means, and I've taken a lot of extensive courses of study, yeah. heart rate variability courses, uh, to understand what that stuff means in the realm of sports performance and fitness, right. health, and um, cardiorespiratory health. And uh, I've taken extensive certifications through the NAFC that I'm not fully done with yet, but I'm building, you know, we're doing this simultaneously as I'm yeah, doing yeah. everything else. Um, but they, they cover nutrition and, uh, lifestyle guidance and, uh, weight training and group exercise instruction and a lot of the things, you know, I'm certified for all that stuff. So, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot here that, that I understand about what that data means, but the reason that it matters for everybody else is because what we're building in paradigm is it will interpret that data automatically. Yes. So, um, all of that data, uh, we our strategic partnership or, uh, collaboration with uh, Ambiotex is that, um, we're going to develop backend systems where, uh, all of those factors are measured and calculated. And then what that means for the person is then delivered to that person through our app. So, mm. uh, we'll show them to do the push up or whatever. Right. And then the person will be doing the push-up, which, by the way, the Ambitech shirt can tell with motion capture, mm -hmm. right? If they're if they're moving in a certain movement pattern, we just have to program those in where it, it captures that and, and registers. Okay. Uh, but but I am able to tell if a person you know goes down or up in altitude and and up and down how many times, right? How many movements and stuff. That's so cool. accelerometers tell all of that stuff pretty yeah. easily. And um, but all of that data that we're talking about, it doesn't matter unless you can interpret it. And to interpret it on the fly takes systems right and so that's what we're building so we're building the automatic interpretation of all that data on the fly to live train people uh so that the uh, the um, phone or the, the smart tv or the computer that mm -hmm. they're at uh, will know about them and will be showing them what they should do and then the shirt will be watching their stress levels and their respiration and their heart rate mm -hmm. and telling them when to stop and then watching their recovery levels as they as their heart rate variability increases, which is a measure of recovery, and as their heart rate drops and stuff, and it can tell us, okay, start again, because now mm -hmm. you've appropriately recovered. We used to say go 30 seconds or whatever, or go 90 seconds, depending on who and what the goal was and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but now, what it, you know, maybe you got in a, a stressful fight with your wife that morning, and mm. your heart rate. Uh, is not recovering because you're under massive psychological stress. And so to go further into um, the weight training that day would actually put you at danger, at, at risk, right? Because if you're under high stress, you make mistakes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So um, it's appropriate to train appropriately, right? And this right. gives you insight into what's happening in the body where you wouldn't have had it before. And there's a lot of people that know what that means, but we've never really been able to do that like in lifetime because what this is is a live EKG that's riding around on them. And, right. Um, it's measuring things like Fitbits and everything. They're, they're you know, they're very cool, <laughs> I guess, mm -hmm. but it's very hard to get accurate, um, like medically accurate, you know, right. type of... Uh, type of type of measurements um these guys this this shirt can take uh measurements that create what is equivalent to a blood lactate test so professional athletes and people who are trying to determine their uh, vo2 max i was gonna say their vo2 max yeah, so yes, they're trying yes. to figure out how much oxygen they can use as at a peak and that that measure um, is something that they can structure their training on and, and mm -hmm. everything and it determines it can help determine their heart rate zones that they so, train within and for for guys that are listening, the VO2 max is like the machine where the guy has all the 
tubes going to them, sensors, and they have that mask on. That's a blood lactate test. And yeah, and they yeah. and they basically haul ass. Yeah, they go into subjective uh, failure, so they go as hard as they can until yeah. they're, until they're saying I can't go any harder. Yeah, and then that measures how much oxygen their body uses, their yeah. metabolism uses at, at a maximum, how much yeah. it can utilize. And then what exactly is the VO2 max? Uh, that's just an expression of your, uh, where your heart rate is maxes out. Uh, okay. And so that's as, that's like your highest performance levels. And then you can structure your training um, for blood. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not an expert in heart rate training. I know quite a bit, but, you know, I've, I've, right, uh, right, I've right. got a team of experts that I work with. Uh, however, if you know your max for you right your pro your your specific point then those zones and percentages that are below that like if you want to get 72 percent of your heart rate zone to to train optimally that day then you would need to know what your max is right right and so the vo2 max test and the blood lactate test help you to determine those performance variables for yourself they're very expensive they're invasive it's a blood lactate test mm. you actually have to take blood interesting uh, yeah well so, when you and i demoed the shirt yeah you actually um, did that performance i test. did that performance test how much would that run on from, from your understanding how much do you know how much that would run yeah, i think, like I, think that done? I, I don't i don't i've never taken a blood lactate test i know that they can run thousands of dollars though. really well you have to have a you know you have to pay a doctor and you have yeah, to have yeah specialized yeah, yeah. equipment and you know maybe like a sports college or something would you know have it, it in-house or something yeah. but if you're just like me and you gonna go you know, get that cost like, because the only people that get it are professional athletes. So who's going to get? What do you think they're getting charged? You yeah, know, we could Google it and find. A, I would be really interested. Yeah, I'll have to do that through yeah. when we're talking here. I'll, I'll find out how much a VO two max is. But we did that in like half an hour. Not even half an hour. Yeah, the test takes depends on how long you can run, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we we cut it off early because we we were sh also shooting that day with yeah. your. Uh, we didn't cut it off early. We cut it off when you said that you couldn't go anymore, right? Oh, I me! Mean, I, I was like, I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, when we, you know, wherever yeah. that is, that's subjective exhaustion. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, wherever you feel like you can't do more, mm -hmm. um, that's when you call the test. Yeah. And that's when we call the test, so that that's appropriate as long as you get to um, your threshold, which is yeah. Mine uh, was like 190 something um or might have been 190 my my max you're you're a determined individual anaerobic threshold yes yeah yes yes i remember you saying they're like yeah you don't want to go above that i was like okay <laughs> now, if you do uh if you do it will uh it will result in soreness is basically what that means it's soreness you know uh, delayed onset muscle soreness at doms they call it is what you're talking about getting touched mm. ah you don't hurt yeah 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 uh, so that that's one thing weightlifting i'll do that and, and all that but if you're going over your anaerobic threshold all the time like in sprints or running mm -hmm. um the, the the pain and the damage to your muscles that you're going to uh, achieve is, is probably going to um, be more um, detrimental not right. beneficial so my question is is when you do that test and say you're starting off and you're trying to figure out what heart rates you need to do and so you get your max threshold mm -hmm. heart rate um sorry for the lame language here no, it's all good. but like uh, mine was 190 okay the more you work out the better in shape you get wouldn't you have to to redo that yeah and that's the cool point here is that um it's not like a good or a bad number mm -hmm. 190 it yeah doesn't really matter it's just your starting it's point. just your number okay okay and so that determines where for you yeah. is your max and that can specifically determine where your metabolism shifts from different modes of operation right so uh when you're you know you've heard of the fat burning zone and, and all yes, these things yes, yes. you know uh first off just it's appropriate to hit a variety of training that's the most appropriate thing all the time in nutrition in life in f fitness variety okay mm -hmm. so i don't mean to focus on one thing that's good uh, everything's good um but 
if you know your number, uh, then you can uh, go down and if you want to hit that fat burning zone or whatever for the day, if you're trying to hit 60%, you know what 60% is for you. Right, sixty percent of one ninety is whatever it might be, and then so you. Would I thought you were going to pull it out of your head. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, let's see, one eighty, so it'd be ninety. Yeah, we could do the math. <laughs> it's like a hundred something. Right. Yeah. So I don't even know what sixty percent. My I'm never exercising at sixty percent of my heart rate. You know, that's just walking around. But right. um, but the point is that you know specifically for you where those uh, zones exist. Yeah. Uh, and. Because of the way that your breath works, um, when you're doing that increasing intensity on the treadmill, mm-hmm. um, the the shirt and the tech is measuring your breath versus your heart rate versus mm-hmm. your stress levels, which is heart rate variability. Right. And, and so it can tell um, when you're when your body's shifting into these different modes. And so they've they've verified this by um, taking a, a person who's on a cycle. Because on the treadmill, you notice right when we had to stop, we actually had to push buttons and stop. Yes, right? yes, yes. Because you were running, chug, chug, chug. Right. But on a cycle, you know, you're not really moving. And so um, they were able to draw blood from the guy while he was actually. Really? So what happened is over and over and over, Ambiotex over there in Germany has um, taken and put in uh, Martin, who's their CMO, you know, his chief, <laughs> chief marketing officer. He's uh, uh, put him on a bike and had him going and going and going. And then they prick him, <laughs> prick him and take blood. Really? And, and they push the button on the app to stop at the same time. And um, they've repeatedly demonstrated that there's a difference of, if I got the number right, it's three hundredths of a whatever they're measuring. A, you know, Almost a, nothing. A, it's, it's statistically invalid. So as far as that measurement, that test goes, blood lactate test, uh, three hundredths does not matter. So it's really? identical. That's yeah. crazy. Statistically identical to a blood lactate test, non-invasive and repeatable at any time you wish. See, that to me, that to me gives a lot more than... You're not going to get that with a Fitbit. You're not going to do that. You can't. You're no, like, this is proprietary. Yeah, you're not going to get... I don't know anything out there that does what that does. I mean, this is for me... Yeah, that's um, the performance test. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's one you didn't get to experience, which is the stress test. I think I... You showed me some stuff about the stress stress test, which yeah. I'm like, okay, I was listening to you, and we had we had the shirt on, and it's like a really tight, like... It's a compression Almost shirt. like a... Yeah, like an Under Armour kind of material compression, with like yeah. a band. Yep. Um which is like you're saying compresses um and then that well, the shirt like, is a compression shirt and then it yeah. has the um the ekg or the sensors that ride on your chest yes within yes, the, yes within the elastic band around yes your, your ribs, yeah. yeah and then your device like magnetic attaches yeah, and there's a magnetic um tech unit they call it yeah and it uh, it attaches to the the clips that are in the sensor shirt and yeah so that way you can take the tech unit off because uh, that's the most expensive part yeah and then the repeated shirts which you want to wash of course and everything yeah um they're, they're less expensive it's almost like an iron man yeah. Kind of thing, you yeah. know. <laughs> like I when I was wearing this thing, I'm like, I'm like a redneck Iron Man. Oh, man, I get so many looks, you know. Uh, going back to school, yeah, luckily I didn't care. But, you know, when I was a kid, I had my hair cut all crazy. I, I shaved a beehive in my my whole head as a beehive. I had pictures dyed and everything. So I've always not really cared if people are yeah. looking at me funny. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm the only person in the U.S. with this shirt. Uh, you know, for real, the only person in the U.S. with this shirt. Yeah. Um, cool story i'll tell you in a second of how i got that shirt in the first place uh but i went into the bank the other day and they stopped me and said what is that blinking on your shirt oh really <laughs> i was like uh-oh nope no bomb it's just a <laughs> it's just a fitness thing that's funny yeah uh, so but um the stress test uh it was one that you, it's one that you can take at any time but it's a five and a half minute test which is the standard the gold standard for heart rate variability stress test yeah um other things exi- exist that provide this stress test uh but none of them are incorporated in 
technology that also does other things. So the stress test, you sit down for five and a half minutes and it tells you whether uh, your central nervous system resides in parasympathetic or sympathetic dominance, right? Shows you where your stress levels are. And you could feel completely relaxed, but you're, if, you're, if there's stress residing in your body, in your central nervous system, and it ex is expressed in this test, then it's not going to do you any good to go further into that stress, right? So if you were, example, if you uh, showed sympathetic dominance for that day, and it was early in the morning, which is the baseline time you like to take the stress test, right? Because nothing has been added to your day. Mm -hmm. It's just you. Mm -hmm. um, if you're already stressed at that point, meaning early in the morning you're in sympathetic dominance, it's not going to do you much good to go and um, weight train really hard that day. Really? It would do you more good to go into a sauna, get a massage, meditate, uh, or do yoga, or do steady state cardio. Because those are parasympathetic training exercises. So those things, uh, they stimulate the recovery systems of the body. Um, like when you're doing slow, steady-state cardio, you're pumping metabolites and you're creating endorphins and you're actually uh, creating more energy for each one that you, than each one that you burn. You burn one, you you know, you make three or something. It's, it's, makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's just makes you... That's why um, people get like a runner's hire. Like if you go jogging without sprints, mm -hmm. you just go on a jog mm -hmm. uh, late at night or something, you might have a hard time going to sleep. Really? Really. And uh, it's because it creates those endorphins and feel good. Um, mm. Well, I know when we were... I, 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 we connected the device to my phone mm -hmm. and I could see real time, real world stress meter thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And it had the different colors for thing and red was the worst. And, uh, when you were talking to me, um, my stress meter would go up yeah. <laughs> right. and I'm like, I felt relaxed. Right. But then you're, and then I'm, and then I'm like, why is my stress meter going up? And, and, and you said it's because I was actively listening and, and, trying to understand what you were talking about. Yeah, you were thinking And it hard. was um, like, and so I guess a better way to put it, anytime you're even a mental resistance or anything, any resistance causes stress. Absolutely. And so that was like, okay, so. One of the very, one of the, you, you bring up a huge point. One of the very coolest things I saw with this shirt was um, I had it on. I had just gotten it. Mm -hmm. And I was had the app open. And so green is good. And, mm -hmm. you know, orange is energetic. And red is take a break. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how Ambiotex has it. And, um. I had it on, it was green, everything's good, and then um, my, my girl's name is Jackie, and her mom called, and her mom was upset about something right then, and <laughs> so it was, you know. The thing went right into red. They were, they were, <laughs> it wasn't even involving me, it's totally not me, it was Jackie was over there, and her mom had called on the phone, uh. and um, I could tell that it wasn't a happy conversation, so I was kind of leaning in, right, like listening, like, oh, what's that? Uh -huh. And my shirt's turning red, telling me have a break, <laughs> and I thought, well, that's strange. I didn't change body position or anything. Really? You know? So it was just a mental. And then I started realizing that every time I put my face down into my phone, like to look at face Facebook or anything else, uh -huh. immediate red. Really? Immediate red. And when that red would happen on my phone, I would notice that, like, I would kind of feel heat in my face, and um, kind of frustration, right? You know, when you get frustrated, kind of heat in the face. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. That that is literally turning my stress levels red red from the shirt, right? And really? so I started realizing that the phone is stressing me out. And part of that's my neck being turned down, right? The cervix right there in your neck. Kind of cut off your breathing a little bit yeah, or just, something? You know, or? That's, your, that's your wiring. Huh. Your, your spine is your wiring and there's electrical cords in there. When, yeah, yeah. when you cut it off like this all the time, you know, yeah. it's just not good. And you're breathing and everything, your yeah. blood. And, uh, so, you know, of course, proper posture, again... 
you know, now it's, now it's changing my stress levels as well. So everything's leading back to, I should probably sit up straight. <laughs> like my teachers used to tell me, right. But, right. um, so the stress levels in the morning, they, they show you these things. And if you know what that means, like, like I just kind of explained in a very general, very basic, there's these, these are very complicated factors, right. But you can simplify them. And so yeah. in sympathetic dominance, you want to train parasympathetic systems. Um, that example is a good example because, um, if you don't know what that means, that data won't mean anything to you. But if, with paradigm system, how this will work was you'll sit down with the tech on you, you'll take the stress test, and then later in the day, because of that reading, when you go to work out, the system will only show you things that you need to do based on that reading. So if you didn't need to be lifting weights, it would not ask you to lift weights. If all you were supposed to be doing based on your stress levels in your body, read independently of what you think, right? The shirt's reading it. Mm -hmm. um, if that says that you should be doing yoga that day or stretching or relaxing, those are going to be your options and it will lead you through them what appropriately. What if every day you're like stressed out? Then you're going to have to <laughs> learn how to balance your mind, right? And really? part of paradigm transformations is that we, uh, if we can't or don't teach something, I would lead people toward appropriate systems for mm -hmm. things like meditation or conscious emotional control breath techniques from the heart math institute or one that i'm really keen on mm -hmm. uh, subconscious reprogramming techniques from psych k something i'm a certified facilitator in i very much believe in the power of our mind and when you can align your subconscious with your own conscious goals you can achieve them much more readily mm. part of how i get where i want to get is i set my intention right but i do so on purpose with visualizations and words and interesting yeah and i do this alone this is, for, you know, I do this alone. This is for me. I'm doing it because I know that I create my own reality. In fact, paradigm is belief or reality manifested through belief. Hmm. And so your paradigm is an example of the Franklin reality model. It's an old psychosocial model of behavior. It says that if you believe something, you'll take actions upon that belief that align with that belief. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'll get the results of those actions. And so therefore your beliefs will dictate your reality. You know, we have, uh, we, Kim and I were talking to a friend the other day. And this person was, was talking about something they were very worried about. And I'm like, and I'm like, you're going to talk this into existence. You're you need right. to stop. Yep. Like you are going to make, you're unconsciously making shit happen here. <laughs> like, yeah. And so kind of like you saying that's prophesying it into yeah. prophesying it into existence. Yeah. These people that talk yeah. about how, you know, poor me and this and that, and this is going to happen to me yeah. and all this. Of course it will. Yeah. You ever, you ever act like you were like, you're in school, like you're acting like you're sick to get out of school and then you actually then get, you sick. get sick. Man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. You know, exactly. The, the placebo effect is real. And it's something that I've been deeply interested in my whole life because how can you imagine something and it work? That's magic to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, you know, through all the success books I, I, I've read and through all the all the personal growth, you know, programs that I've been a part of, you know, throughout my life, it's always, you know, it's always, you got to have to visualize where you're wanting to go. You have to believe full heartedly that's where you're headed and you have to be able to just eventually make this thing a realization like that's you know a dream is 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 the eventual realization of of something that you've been thinking about and and i get asked you know every once in a while like, where do you see the the podcast going i'm like i've got so many freaking plans like yeah. i know in my heart this is what's going to happen and uh and it's just a matter of, of doing the work until and like so it shall yeah. until i get there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you got it though. That's it. That's the crux of it. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just funny. No matter whether what author it is or no matter what book it is, they all have that same train of mind that says, 
first of all, you have to, you know, there's all those corny ones believe to achieve, you know, all these, but that's that every, shit is every legit. corny, every corny thing you've ever heard in your life is the truth of life. Yeah. They, and I say they, because that's just an easy thing to say, but who are people that put that out and, um, make it sound silly are, are doing a huge disservice because if you think something's silly, you'll never consider it as real. Yeah. And, uh, the golden rule, things like this, right? They're just, they are the secrets of life. Yeah. Um, the very simple things to treat others how you are, but the intention that you're putting out is what matters it's not that they're going to treat you good back maybe right. but it's that you intended to be good and that intention goes forth in how you are who you are in your life right and you know I definitely uh, Jackie's got this idea she's going to make these Bibles that just say don't be a dick <laughs> it's just the whole Bible <laughs> I say it all the time. It's kind of like her, what she said there. My my thing's hashtag don't be a douche. Yeah, right. You know, it's just, just don't be a douche. Simple. You know, it's simple. S- simple. It's simple. Uh, but, uh, so yeah. Going back to what you were just talking about, visualizing your, your dreams and making them a reality, you know, you're right. And, I, I, you, know, and you, you said a very powerful thing. This is how I study and find a truth in the mix of stuff. There's a lot of advice on the internet and things. And, yes, there is. Um, and so the way that I find my truths, is, I'm, I'm adept at studying and everything else, but I will look over as much info as I have, the metadata, right? As much as I can get, I'll read through it all. I read fast. I can recall everything that I read for the most part, and I, I just do it. And then when I find those um, those lines of truth or those, those things that line up, everybody has the same thing to say uh, in general, and then they have their own spin on it outside yes, of that. Yes, whatever, yes. The, whatever the seed of truth was that, was that everybody agreed on, I'll take that as a reality. And I say, well, that must work, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you've kind of just expressed the exact same thing. When you yeah. hear a bunch of people saying the one thing, you think, eh, it must be something to that idea, right? And so with that, I did that same thing that you're talking about, and I closed my eyes, and I learned how to, I, I actually practice transcendental meditation, which is a specific type, and there's a lot of science behind it. I am not qualified yet to teach it. Um, <laughs> it takes a six-month uh, interval out of country, uh, really? living in a monastery, and uh, or whatever whatever the specific place is that time, but um, to teach, but they it's a big process, and, and you, you know... I intend to do it because it's so important that I think every human being should know how to do this. They charge $1,000 a head, and you have to go for four uh, consecutive days to a physical location, one-on-one with the teacher, and learn it. It's just like a, it's a ceremony, and you know, there's something powerful in it because it works. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on the systems to help people get that without that G off top, you know? Right, right, Just right. because what I'm trying to do, like this whole system that I'm trying to do is that like everybody tries to just get a bunch of money from you and it stops people from tr- trying to help themselves because they get overwhelmed uh, with all the stuff. And uh, so low cost is what I'm always trying to do. This All this cool stuff I'm talking to you about, um, the shirt itself is this 300 bucks. Um, and then each additional shirt, not the tech unit, is 60 right? So mm-hmm. those, are, those are costs that exist. Uh, but the subscription service to the app, which will actually use those technologies to train people forever going mm-hmm. forward and track it all, mm-hmm. which is, I can't wait to use my own system because I'm tired <laughs> of tracking my stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, that's only $25 a month. And so for that, you, you get um, constant uh, descriptions on what you do. You should get shown and led through step-by-step step, everything that you need for your body to be healthy. It can take and give you a lot of time back. So you're saying, because I, I figured it would have been the opposite. I figured the tech unit would have been 300 and then the shirt would have been yeah, 30 Yeah, you know, I, I said the shirt, and I mean that the starter kit 
oh, a I tech see. unit and a shirt together as a starter kit. That's oh. that's three hundred. Okay. And then the, okay. the additional shirts. There's are, an extra shirt you can get. You can buy as many uh, shirts as you want. Well, yeah, right? you'd, you'd probably only... want three or four because you don't want to wear the same one every day. I found that I I found <laughs> that I like to have three. Three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That I, makes sense. I can do. I would rather have you know five, uh, <laughs> but that would just mean I wasn't doing my laundry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's but just to have one, you know, you got to wash it. Yeah, you know, I, I like. But like you, you work out three days everything. a week, right? Yeah, three to five. Um, this week I'll probably be five. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But there's more to the shirt than just working out. See, the way it'll apply in in paradigm system will be, you know, we use it to read those variables and train you in lifetime. Uh, mm-hmm. But as a tracking mechanism, you know, the thing twenty four seven if you need it, wanted it, right? Because it it. Uh, you don't even have to have your cell phone. A proprietary feature mm-hmm. of the technology is that once you turn it on and begin to track whatever you're doing, you can put your phone away and take off and do whatever you're going to do. And then um, the whole time it's recording it in the data unit. Really? You upload to your phone when you get home. It's all there. What about sleep? Can you wear it when you're sleeping and get get data? Uh, you could. Um, but, of course, the the tech unit on your chest. You would know, have to be there. Yeah, and if you sleep on your chest. I and it's in a It's in a compression shirt too, right? Yeah. Um, but they are developing these technologies. So... Uh, Ambiotex, I, I, I traveled to Germany. I went over and shook their hands. Uh, I spoke to them, uh, the CEO. We sat down and talked to them about the stuff, and they expressed that they've been through a lot of things just getting the signal processing accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that just basically this is the big difference between them and anybody else is that, like, the, the accuracy that's uh, consistent and um, the supply chain and all of the parts and everything being consistently consistently good enough to to measure these things all the time uh, has taken them this time. Uh, really? So they, yeah. So they uh, taken them like seven years or so to get it all together and everything else. And now they just got a million euro investment, um, which is huge. You know, it's a big, that's a big. Euro's uh, sh- worth more than American dollar. It is. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be like whatever, a million, uh, 1.18 million or something. Yeah. It's like one, on probably like 1.2 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It yeah, depends yeah. on what the exchange rate right. is. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but just to develop technologies, um, further than this because the signal processing and the data the data crunching that's what really matters and um, now that they have kind of how to collect that data down mm-hmm. um, they can differentiate it into a diverse product really yeah, so it'll be in things like gowns to go in assisted living facilities um, mm-hmm. you know yeah. which, uh, and then uh, the sports shirt like we got and then, yes um, yes. you know of course some that um, they were talking about uh, putting the the tracking mechanism up on the up on the back for um, because in fitness, you know, like you need to lay on your belly sometimes. Uh, so, but these things are just, they can change it, you know, like, or yeah. like a sports bra for women. They're going to, that's one of the first things they're going to do. Uh, Cause right now it's just a compression shirt, yeah. you know, but it, they are differentiating. I've got these friends. Um, I just, I was hoping to actually um, talk to them about this here soon, but Stephen Courtney from uh, Eugene um, Eleva- Elevation Fitness Training. I've heard of that. Actually. And uh, great, like, Great. You couldn't ask for better people. And I was like, I was going to have them listen to this podcast and then, um, you know, have them get a hold of you if they wanted because they, they do training and personal training. So if I was a trainer, yes, I could buy a unit, right? And yeah. then use that for my people. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah definitely. You're Kinda. right. You're pretty intuitive, man. Right on. Yeah. So yeah, I already got hit up by one lady. Um, uh, She's a trainer out of Florida. Um, Jackie's sister. Yeah. Uh, knows her anyway she's yeah. a pretty high level trainer and she heard about this stuff and she wrote me immediately said that exactly this so what she does is she exists in florida but she trains people on their phones right as they're traveling about the world she's a, she's a mm-hmm. high level trainer and she jumps on with them leads them through their stuff shows mm-hmm. them what to do tells them when to start and stop you know and good job and you know that's a trainer yes, yes. and um so but what she said she cannot wait 
she's ordered a few of these shirts, actually, three of them. They're one of the first orders that got to go out. Um, she's going to put these on her clients who are remote from her, and mm-hmm. then she can view their metrics on the internet, on a web-based dashboard. That's cool. Uh, and so she can tell if they're working out hard enough or not. She can tell them when to start and stop. Uh, she can be there with them, kind of, by the shirt being there on them. And that's exactly right. how I'm using the shirt, right? As That's how Paradigm's using the shirt. So um, Paradigm is using the shirt as, a, as an objective measure of exertion. Mm. So... So like, you could like have somebody say, oh, yeah, how'd you do your workout today? And they're like, oh, I did really good. I'm like, actually, you're full shit. Actually, I see what you did. <laughs> your yeah. heart beats like 60, dude. Actually, your GPS <laughs> says that you are at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So the idea, though, uh, is that, yeah, you can get, and, and if you know what those variables, those, those metrics mean, like, yeah. then it's powerful training because, of course, these yes. are really advanced analytics of what's going on in the human body. So if you know what it means and you know what to do with it, um, this is a very exciting piece technology for you right uh, if you don't paradigm is a very exciting piece of technology for you because we See, are that's, that's we are interpreting excited yes about. exactly yeah because i i mean i don't want to be an expert i want to be told garrett like this here's is what, what you yeah. need to do you want to get ripped or you want to build some mass here's what you need to do or you want to get rid of that belly fat okay today here's what you need to do like i i'm a guy that just tell me what i need to do I want to get that shit done and move on to my next my next task. Like I really only have about an hour and a half a day, max. That's yeah, that's a plenty. max <laughs> to work out. Like I see these guys that are there for three, four hours. It's like, dude. So you you are you just express like why I'm building the company, right? Because yeah. all of these answers exist, but do you want to learn them? Not really. No. Nah, man. I I know that graphic design exists. I don't want to learn how to do it to try and figure I, out how I've to make that. my own media. You know, I mean, <laughs> are you kidding do, me? Don't get into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I already am. I'm already down the rabbit hole. You oh, know what I mean? Man. But what I mean to say is that you, we can do anything we want. Right. Um, but what's necessary is to be healthy. And if you don't want to learn how to be healthy and train, because it's a very complicated bit of um, knowledge base. Right. Then paradigm is building the systems that lead you through it step well, by step. My problem with it is, is, is it. <sighs> The, it seems like there's, and, and this is just my personal opinion, but there's so many fads in fitness. It's fad this, it was the HCG or whatever, and the drop thing, and then it was the, or before that it was the Atkins, and then it was, now it's the keto. and, and Same uh, thing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Atkins you know, Kim, keto. my uh, my wife has done amazing things with the keto diet, and she's lost, I'm not going to say it on, on here, but she is transformed. Yeah, literally her body, not to your extent, no, but no. she, she, yeah, I think she's like smaller than she was in high school, and it's, I like it, you know, like I don't, I don't mind, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, she's, she's hot, man. She's, <laughs> yeah. I love it, and uh, she, uh, she feels good. She, she just, good. her confidence is back. There's just so many mental health, you know, everything. Well, like if you feel good, you look good, you feel good. That does a lot to your mental health too. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, there's so many. Self confidence, exactly, man. and and to be able to, to, to know what to work on, because I've I've always heard, you know, I, I I tend to overanalyze and overthink shit, you know, I'm I'm kind of like the analysis paralysis kind of guy, yeah, and so like I've I've done my own research like on uh, weight resistance, time under stress, uh, how much weight should you be doing, how you know like there's so much conflicting stuff too. Like somebody, you'd literally have to study it every day and then actually probably go out and do it, get your own actual experience with it and say, Nope, that did work or this day. Which is what I've done. Gary. Yeah. You which just, is, which you is what just you've described. Done. So what I recognize my value was, is that I had all that godforsaken time 
right? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Um, to apply to that because I cared so much about it. And I studied and I learned and I applied and I tried and it didn't work. And so yes. I shunned that and I got this and I did that and it didn't work. And this one worked and, you know, yeah. on through. And so now looking back, like as, you, as you're talking, I have something to say to everything <laughs> because I've, I've experienced most of them. Yeah. You know, I've been through them and I can tell you how I felt during that time, what the results were and, yeah. and what I come to a conclusion of at the back end. Not to say that I have everything figured out. Of course I don't. Right. Um, but I did learn how to um, change myself as I wished. That's a pretty powerful well, thing to be able to say. What you're, what you're saying here is what I am in the process or am doing with archery. Uh, you know, I, I, I do all the research. And I, I had a guy message me, to, message me today. He's like, hey, if you, uh, you know, would you, would you buy this? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And he's like, ah, you know, it's one of the best systems out there. I'm like, I agree. It is. But I can't get stuck on one thing. I have to try it. And then I have to move on to the next thing because me just using that product isn't going to help anybody. It'll help one person or, or it'll help a few people. But if I move on and I find the shit that does or doesn't work, I'm going to prevent failure for others. And you have testimony. I have testimony. Yeah. Like, for example, the last, not to talk about myself, but the last oh. broadhead last year was the Kudu. That was... What do you think about the kudu? What do you think about the kudu? Da, 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 da. I'm like, let me go out and kill some shit with it. And then I'll go get you. So I, I went out and I, and I hunted and I was successful on three animals, um, killed all three of them. And, uh, you know, I built my own feedback and, and now I can intelligently have a conversation with somebody and say, that's a good broadhead. Here's the things that I find that was lacking. Uh, here's some of the good areas, some of the bad areas. And you can speak on it. I can speak very because, because you've been there. Yeah, and now it's the, now this year I've got three more broadheads I have to test out, and it's like you know I I could use that system, but for me to invest in it, it wouldn't make sense because I'm just going to dump it after I use it anyways, whether yeah. it works or not. There you go. So that's kind of what you've done. You've you've just kind of built. There's nothing stronger than your own actual perspective, and 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 I say this all the time on the podcast. Perspective is a unique. Uh, I, I screw it up every time, but it's it's basically it. It's perspective is is one's experiences. It's it's a unique. That's great. I'm not going to go no, over because the guy right. is, the guy's on the podcast. But it's unique to you, man. Your your life and everything you've exactly. been through, all of your beliefs and everything, filter through and create your perspective. Exactly, and that's yeah. how. And um, that is in fact your paradigm. Yeah, your perspective is your paradigm because it's where your reality is, what you exist within. Interesting. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And just hearing you talk about the fitness, I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I've done with archery. Yeah, like, and you know, I do the same thing with other things. Like I find parallels as I went through the thing in fitness, right, and learn yeah. how to not be fat and do all the stuff. Now I realize I can address any problem in my life because the same sets of variables are what matter: focus, you know, consistency, education, application patience you know the things that applied in one they apply in all mm. and so the lessons from one really big transformative act in my life uh make me highly able highly resilient to the stresses within life mm -hmm. and i am able to deal with them better do you deal with nutrition at all absolutely do so, i do i or do do does like does your like yeah actually yeah, yeah. so the website <laughs> right now has my first i just posted the article for nutrition um yeah. for uh, my basic general advice to people about nutrition yeah um it's generally kind of i i, I try to keep it simple right yeah. to teach people to fish and not give them the fish type of thing right right right, right. The idea is because if I give you um, a diet, by definition, you know, you have a set 
of rules. And if you just do that, you're going to be restricted in your life. And that's not, that goes against what I just told you earlier about variety, right? Um, so while I can lay out a bunch of food, foods that might be healthy for you to eat, and in fact, they will be healthy for you to eat, you're eventually going to get tired of them. And if you're not, right. you know, I've reduced your quality of life by only giving you those few foods that are healthy. But if I taught you why they were healthy or like kind of how to tell if it was more or less healthy, I'm doing you a much better service, I feel. Mm. Um, so I keep it simple with people and I like to ask them two questions, you know, um, to determine how close to optimal it is for you. Just did it grow that way? Mm -hmm. So like an apple is the example I use in the article, grew that way. And apple sauce, you know, of course was crushed up, probably added to other apples, had some sugar, sugar added yep. to it, put in a package, probably had some gas put in the package to clean it out and then, you know, shipped to you. There's a bunch of steps right. in between how it grew and how you're putting it in your mouth. Those are steps removed from optimal. Um, the other question is uh, within that thing's life, if it did grow that way, right? Um, how natural was that life? And so here we go to like um, the apple, for example, the apple, you know, if it had uh, pesticides sprayed all over it and it was genetically modified and, right. you know, da 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 all these things, additives and hormones and whatever you can do to a plant, you know, was done to it. And of course, it's those steps removed from optimal because optimal is natural, organical food. Um, with meat, which is a huge point of contention for people right now, right. Um, there's a lot of studies that are coming out um, saying, you know, this and that about like what meat does for you and the health risks or benefits for it. And a lot of that stuff has to be fleshed out, right? So there's always a varying uh, perspective on, on everything else, but the same rules apply whether or not you like meat or whatever else. The same rules apply in, as a basic thing for food. Did it grow that way? So here we go to like, I'm going to use a chicken, right? This is a standard food a lot of people eat. Um, chicken breast, that's pretty close to how it grew, you know, pretty close. It grew as a breast within the chicken. It was taken out and cooked, right? Yeah. Um, so, but a chicken nugget, of course, was um, ground up, added to other chicken yeah. pieces, maybe not breasts even, and, and then bread, breaded and battered and everything else. And so and then the second, you know, the second question, right, is uh, did it grow naturally or was it life natural? And so that's not even answerable with the nuggets. Right. You can't even answer it. So, of course, it's all the way away from optimal for you there. And, you know, and then the other one applies. You ask that question. So those simple questions allow you to look at food and find out if it's the best for you or not. And and um, then you have to, you know, there's more to it. You add some experience. You figure out um, how to be happy. Because even if something's optimal for me, if eating that and making the choice to deny myself an experience mm -hmm. creates a negative emotion for me around it, then of course I'm doing my life a disservice because anybody being held di held down by any type of oppression is not gonna it's not sustainable. If your diet is oppressing you and mm -hmm. making you miserable, you will not continue it at some point. Right. It's yeah. it has to be sustainable. You have to figure out how to do it so that you know you like it. And so if you use these guidelines, I like to teach people this because if you use those guidelines, then within those guidelines you can find things that you prefer. Right, and in a simple Google search of what's called macronutrients are, mm -hmm. um, can teach you what foods contain fats, carbohydrates, and proteins, and then and phytonutrients with those two. Micro. So I, I like to just say that colors. So in yes. the, in, yes, the, in yes, the article, yes. right? I just use colors because colors represent again variety. So have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I haven't. 
his psychosocial models of behavior. Remember me telling you all the stuff I went through yes, the programs? Yes, I, I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes, I just yes. all this nonsense, but it's all really true. And so what's been determined to be, um, you know, I can't get the whole model for you, but I know that one of the uh, one of the four basic human needs is variety. One is shelter. One is love, and I forget the other one. Or like security or something. Something like that. Yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll have to look it up. But um, but variety. Is definitely one, and it sticks out because you know I I like to experience variety. Even if I love something, I'm I love I'm, pizza. I don't want to eat it every freaking day. Right, every meal. No way. Right. You want variety. Right. Uh, so you know, variety is where uh, in, in the phytonutrients, which are micronutrients. Phytonutrients are just plant nutrients. Phyto means plant, uh, and then uh, vitamins and minerals exist um, in the micronutrient category as well. So you got macronutrients and micronutrients, and um, macros are the protein, fat, and carbs. A Google search will tell you what foods contain those things. Mm -hmm. And then um, if you make sure and get those foods that exist with a lot of different colors, then you're going to get all the micronutrients too because uh, different colors express different um, makeups within the plant. And, of course, those are all different plants, so you'll get the the different categories of nutrients within them. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And and so you can get more specific with counting those ratios and stuff. And if you want to, I'm going to write another article about that, right? Because that's another set of knowledge. But in general, if you apply these whole food, um, how did it grow type of guidelines, mm-hmm. you will be more healthy. I have some people that I told that to and just walked away because they said the question, how, hey, real quick, how do I lose all my fat? <laughs> and I'm thinking, it took me years, like real quick. Yeah. And so I told the dude, I says, you know, Adam... And was his name. I said, just eat whole food, man. You'll be good, right? And I walked out because he was at the bank and everything. Uh. <laughs> and um, I came back two months later, and this man had transformed himself. He was complete. I said, what have you been doing, man? And he goes, oh, I did what you told me to. I said, what <laughs> What did I tell you to do, you know? And he says, you told me to eat whole food. So I went home, and I threw all my food away, and I went and literally bought all whole food. So I had no other choice but to eat whole food in my house. Hmm. And he said, I was hungry for a few days. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, and, but, and then he figured out, you know, how to spice, use spices and um, seasonings to, to cook. Yes, yes. And so he created um, his own preferences within the guidelines that I gave him and mm-hmm. found a new way to eat all on his own without changing much else and he didn't really start working out or anything i didn't give him any advice on that and he mm-hmm. lost 40 pounds and he just his skin was cleared up and yeah uh, another dude same thing he was a worker outer a really strong big guy and doing all the stuff and finally he asked me how do you bounce around here like that like how do you because i i got energy you know i'm always moving mm-hmm. uh he says how do you just you know i just feel tired and everything and i told him it's to your food you know it goes to the food and i had the same kind of little talk we just did about whole food mm-hmm. and um few months later i looked and i said you look great man what's up with you he's like yeah i really went and applied that whole food thing you talked about and he said that it's changed his whole life you know he performs better at work and he just he, he does not restrict it he doesn't diet so mm-hmm. well, you said the word that i just i just can't stand and it's fad mm-hmm. um the fad diets and fad advice uh, are the things that led me off track that whole time every time i would try one of those explosive you know 21 day challenge or anything yes, like that yeah. is nonsense mm. um you know your your life doesn't happen in 21 days you can't change behaviors that have taken years to instigate uh, you know you can't you can't just whip that out in 21 days you can you know you can make somebody some money in 21 days if you pay them for their <laughs> service you know that's about it right um so but 21 days is a good starter you got to keep going though you right know? and so 
And that's kind of like what paradigm is. You got to keep going. And if you don't know how, you have to what? You have to hire a personal trainer, which is extremely expensive to have it all the time. Like mm-hmm. you need it. Um, or, you know, of course, now we're trying to build the system here that, that, that shows you. Because then if you know what to do, and you already started doing it, it's easy to keep going, man. Mm. I found that in my life. If I had somebody that was showing me what to do, man, I'm, I'm on it. Like I can execute. I don't want to learn it all and go try to mess it, you know. Of course, I did out of necessity, like you're talking about, but now that's the value. That's the value that you provide to the people that listen to your podcast. Every every archery um, uh, product or every bow or broadhead or anything that you've tried that you can, like you yeah. just said, provide value and give them yeah. a review that actually matters, Yeah, you know, that experience feeds back to value for them. And so it's hugely important. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and I think what you do is... I think, especially in the professional community, it's going to explode. Like, I just, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, UFC. Yeah. UFC the, shirt, the shirt itself is made for pros right now. Yeah. It's um, it's made for Olympic athletes. It's made for people who use things like blood lactate tests, right? Yeah. Or their trainers. Right. Or the coaches. that And, and then there's some new functionality that's coming out with uh, the Ambiotex tech that's uh, it's called the team solution mm. and so this will um, be where a multiple multitude of people can have those um, Ambiotex units on all feedback to a single web-based dashboard where mm-hmm. a trainer or a coach can be watching all of his players um, variables about stress and respiration how much they're working and everything else pull them out at the right times and all this and so this can, same with like a cycling class right yeah, yeah, up at yeah. the front the cycling class can project everybody's stuff up here on the top and it's all standardized so if you and Grandma Betty over over here are both going at um you know going on along you're going much faster than she but she's at 80 percent and you're only at 70 i'm gonna tell you you're slacking yeah right That's and because cool. it standardizes the exertion rates and can make a, an easily coachable and accurate way well i know for me personally I'm, I'm i'm thinking of um stress when i'm at full draw in high pressure moments say i'm shooting at an actual animal or i'm shooting at um, a steel plate where if I miss, I'm going to lose a $10 arrow or something like that. I think it would be cool to be able to track. Um, first of all, I love the, uh, the max, the VO two max and the blood lactate thing. That is probably one of them. I'm a tracker. And if I can track something, I go, I go really hard yeah. if I can track it. Um, right. and so this would, this, I know if I, if I invested into this system that you got here, I'm, I'm almost afraid cause I'd be almost too impulsive and like obsessive with it because when i find something i go all in with it right right? so but at the same time i want to know where i'm at and then also how to control and how to better control myself when i'm in high pressure shooting situations so So here goes to us some other things about paradigm right and so the shirt can track these variables but to teach them away takes techniques breathing Mm -hmm. techniques specifically Mm -hmm. i really believe in what the heart math institute has brought out as far as they have lots of clinical studies they've created about their own self and what they do is they teach personal resilience and that is done by measuring heart rate variability Uh and um, teaching a breath um, technique so breathing technique uh, allows you to achieve psychophysiological coherence is what it's their term but psycho means mind Mm -hmm. physiological means body and coherence means it's operating in a coherent fashion so it's talking about the electrical signals in your body Mm -hmm. in your mind and your heart and so um when you breathe uh, in a rhythm, um, I think it's like 12 breaths a minute or something, but they have a little breath timer that you watch and do it, and then it measures and it gives you visual feedback on whether or not your systems come into coherence. Mm-hmm. That coherent state is the no-stress state, and that is the state that you want to pull your bow from. Mm. So um, not only is it going to stabilize all of your muscles and all of your little, all of this stuff where you're jiggling, you're you know, shaking your hand and, mm-hmm. and stabilize the adrenaline and all that stuff, um, but... Uh, it's also going to calm down all of your endocrine systems if you're actually hunting 
you know, I, I, I probably think the animals might be able to smell you if you're scared and upset and stinking out. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas if you were calm and collected less, so it's mm. just a fact of nature, right? That we, when we're calm and collected, we don't do anything when we're all upset, you know, or you can smell somebody, you know, when they're upset, you can see when they're scared, you know, that stuff's like, it's real. It goes out. So if you're calm and collected, um, everything about you is going to be on point. <laughs> yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> right? And, um, huh. yeah, so what were we just talking about? I had a point about that, but go, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's important that, um, you track it. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge tracker, and then and the blood lactate and the VO2 max. I just like having a starting point. Yeah, you know, yeah, and cool. uh, I'd be happy to to just know that I'm getting better as I can track. I just love seeing progress. Seeing I'm progress, such a progress, right? and that's why, you know, at the end of every day, I go, you know, and sometimes I try and wait a week before I actually inspect myself in the mirror from when I'm working. Good, out. yeah, because you I, don't want to do it daily. Yeah, I just I, I I'm like every I try and I try and limit to once a week. I <laughs> very rarely do I. Do I actually achieve that? Because yeah. um, I feel like I can actually see maybe a tiny minuscule result yeah. in a week. But honestly, I, I uh, <laughs> you probably honestly can't in a week, but I don't know. I you mean, can if you're going real hard, but you just got to be tracking everything. It's mainly about food. If you're, if you're, okay. Yeah. So this is a really important point that you brought up. You know, you're, you're checking your results in the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're doing that, the thing that's going to change the mirror and the way that the mirror looks is mm -hmm. your food. Mm. that is that's that's what's going to change your body composition now exercise will help that right it will change it some but i'm i'm gonna say it's 80 percent food i've uh, always heard that yeah yeah body, you? i've that always was my number <laughs> dude I've, I've always heard well i've always heard that body you know for guys that want to get shredded or stuff i'm like that's made in the kitchen it it's is. maintained in the gym it's absolutely you know and um yeah I couldn't say it more importantly. Like, yeah. I don't even have to do much to actually work out. Like, our bodies can move and resist nothing, just air, you know. Mm. The gravity is enough. Like, you can mm -hmm. do body weight stuff, calisthenics, you'd be shredded, be healthy. Yeah. Um, but if you don't eat right, you, of course, won't. You, if you practice movements, you can get, like, strong or you can actually even get um, fit, you know, and healthy. Like, yeah. your heart, yeah. while you still have body fat on you and stuff. Because if you're eating bad... And you're working out, and your your cardio system's gonna be good, but you're still gonna have the body fat. Yeah. Um. So, but to change the way you look, the body composition, uh, that is consistency in diet. Yeah. No, I believe it. I mean, back when I was working out with my buddies, I was doing pretty good. I was like, I was right around thirteen or fourteen percent body fat. Yeah, perfect. Which isn't you know shredded by any yeah, means, but I felt really good. Um. My my important thing is you know I. I just gave Kim a life sentence to me, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. she's stuck with my ass. And so I want to make sure that I know it sounds kind of weird, like, but I want to sound, I want to be, I want to be aesthetically pleasing no, to not, her because she's stuck with my ass. If yeah. I went and got 250 pounds, that's not what she signed up that's for. Really, it's better that, or that's worse. That's really but, nice of you to even consider such a, you know how many people don't even think about such things? Man, you know I mean? no, I think about it. People I think are about not that. empathetic at all. It is very important to me. Yeah. I, I, I know she likes bigger biceps. And she likes um, a good-looking torso yeah. or, you know, abs. And so I don't have either of those right now because I'm a lazy piece of crap during bear season. <laughs> like bear season, it's like you drive around, then you walk around a little bit. I don't hunt hard like I do for elk and deer for bear. All right. And so I'm like, <laughs> I just drive around and eat junk food for two months. And so I'm like... Uh, I'm like 4% away from where I was, 3%. And it's yeah. like, man, and I'm like, I know I, I, know I don't... I know I still have it because I can feel the muscles, but 
I got this like layer of yeah. shit, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, no, there's some real simple things you can do. It goes yeah. away so fast, man. And, oh, and dude, you know, yeah. when you're doing it, like when you decide and you take that action a couple weeks in, you feel so good. I already feel better. Ah, you know, I feel good when I just decide to even focus on something and do it. I'm like, yeah, now here we're back. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And she gives me feedback. She's like, hey, you know, you've been working out on your abs. And it's like, right, right, you know. Right at the bottom of your ribcage, I can see a difference. I'm like, oh, thanks, babe. You know, kind that of That was thing. nice. Right yeah. On, yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> she's probably full of shit, but it makes me feel better, yeah. you know. It pushes it's awesome her, then. If, she, if she's lying to you, that's a good girl. Yeah, yeah. She's she like, is. I see it, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I always ask her, uh, when she asks me, she's like, you know, how do I look? I'm like, oh, great. She's like, would you tell me uh, Would you tell me if I did? I'm like, that's a trap. That is That's a trap. trap. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> how you? How's your day going? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, you got it. <laughs> Mental gymnastics there, but well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on to the show. And I know that I, I probably, uh, we'd probably have to go into another whole podcast just to get into so much more. Yeah. Got and a huge so, story, uh, so, you know, there's, yeah, such a great story. There's a lot. Obviously I tried to not hit you with all the craziness, but you know, it's going to be a book. Yeah, well, I've I've always come from the mindset, no struggle, no story, and, and my hardest hunts have always been my best stories, That's you know, right. and yeah. so you've had a hell of a struggle when you got in trouble, and then seeing where you started from, and then where you're at today sitting in front of me is nothing short of remarkable. Thank you, man. And, uh, That's awesome. It, yeah, it's just an honor to have you on the show, and, and, and hopefully, you know, this thing gets some traction for you, because yeah. I believe in it. Uh, full heartedly, I, I honestly do. Um, if I if I find a new product or something that I that I really believe in, I, I honestly do promote it. And yeah. and like my buddy has his own hunt tag thing, and I believe in the shit out of that. I help promote that form and stuff. Yeah. And and your product is no different. I think this is going to take off, especially especially in the, in the professional community like you talked yeah. about. But I, it'll take off with the the general population as soon as I interpret the the tech, right? Yes, and yes, that's coming yes. very soon. And uh, and so, but. But in the meantime, you can buy the shirt, you can take the test, you can track your data, and if you know what yep. to do with it, you're gonna have a really cool piece of tech. Right, absolutely. Well, why don't you give the why don't you give some folks some places to learn about you or get a hold of you, some contact information and stuff. Okay, yeah. If you're looking for any sort of contact information for Paradigm or for myself, you can go through the Paradigm website at mm-hmm. www.paradigmtransformations.com. Paradigm is spelled P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M. And then transformations is plural with an S. There's another one out there that's singular, and that's not me. We have a black and yellow uh, sacred geometry logo. Mm. Well, perfect. Is there any anywhere else? Are you on Instagram? Yep, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're, we got a Twitter account and a Pinterest that aren't filled out yet. Um, if you happen to be a social media, <laughs> uh, you know... One of the people that uh, creates content on there, we're looking for uh, we're looking for people to come on there and, and kind of fill out our tags. But uh, like an influencer, yeah, not, or, an, not uh, an yeah. We are looking for influencers in the mm-hmm. fitness realm. Kind of uh, MJB Digital Marketing is yeah. is my uh, is my marketing yeah, agency. Yeah, and so she is yeah. the one that's dealing with uh, ambassadors. Um, yeah. So if people wish to be a brand ambassador, what we offer is uh, that shirt. If you you could earn the the shirt free for yourself by just selling even one, uh, but then the point is that um, you can make money off of each sale of the shirt and of course we're the only ones that can sell the shirt mm-hmm. so right now there's only one ambassador out there um which is you 
Well, or, one more. You yeah. have one more? Yeah, oh. we got her just under contract the other day, and so we'll wait to announce that. But, cool. um, but yeah, no, it's, a, it's an external. Um, so myself and, and my team, of course, is That's cool. is selling it. We're building out some media that you'll be able to see on the website. Yeah. Uh, it, we post it on social media. Is my well. ugly mug on there? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah you're on go. there, man. Yeah. <laughs> might yeah. hurt sales. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. You know how many people uh, that were all hunters and everything come followed all the social media really? from that? Yeah. That's like cool. A, a lot of, a lot of, and you know what? It, I seem to find, though, that a lot of hunters are seriously into fitness. They and, are. And you must be, actually. You're out in the mountains. You have to be. Well, there's there's a few very big guys in the industry that, that have created a movement uh, for for the fitness. You it's know, necessary, like the, like the Cameron man. Cameron Haynes, you know, um, he's just in Eugene, too. Oh, yeah? Getting that in his hands, I think I think that would that would be pretty good for you. Yeah. Well, for anybody that's that's caring about their fitness, mm-hmm. these are the these are the metrics that matter, right? Heart rate mm-hmm. is the crux of everything. Yeah. Your heart is what powers you. Um, so as we get more data from the heart, and we know what that means more and more, we can optimize our own mm. performance. So mm. if these people are paying attention to anything and tracking anything, this is the best device out there. They do. Yeah. Um, this guy runs a marathon a day. Oh yeah, so this is like made for people like him. Yeah, right? yeah, um, and they he, care about stuff like the that. guy's insane. I, I've met him. I've shot next to him. I've I've attempted to run next to him, <laughs> which lasted for about <laughs> ten seconds. Marathon. He was gone. That's a long. <laughs> yeah, he had a, The guy's the guy's uh, the guy's insane. I mean, but he, that's what he's known for. He's actually the longest um, sponsored athlete by Under Armour. Period. Oh right on. Yeah, yeah. I. I I think he's he does a great job for the uh, for the hunting industry and he's a great ambassador. But um, I think he also exposes a lot of hunters out there, so he gets a little a little bit. You know, everybody. I always say you never you never get a windshield or you never get a bug to squash on your windshield and park. You know, <laughs> right. so he's always in drive, and so he gets a little bit of resistance there. But um, yeah, I, I love what he does. He's he's a great ambassador. So right. it'd be cool for you to get that in his hands and just see what he does with it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting what people do. You know, I uh, truck drivers, I've seen the one guy I know drives a truck, and he's like, I want that shirt. And he says, not because I'm trying to work out in it yet. And he said, sounds like I need to, da-da-da. You know, everybody says that. As soon as they sit around me for a while, they're like, maybe I should start working out. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't say that, man. Uh, but uh, he said that, no, he... Um, he uh, wants to track his stress levels because when he's overstressed, he makes bad decisions that can lead to, um, you know, a wreck. Yeah. And actually, this is um, this is a thing that uh, Ambiotex was expressing that's part of their their programs over there. Is uh, one of their pilot programs was on a guy, a corporate individual, um, and then he uh, his shirt actually alerted him that on the autobahn, you know, he was uh, too high of stress level. And he wasn't aware of it, so he pulled over and did some specific breathing techniques. Really? Brought his heart rate back down and went on home. Now, you know, he might not have wrecked or whatever else, but the probability or the likelihood of him making a bad decision because he was under stress was much higher, much higher during the high-stress time. And when you're in the high-stress time and you're still applying stimulus, like driving, Mm -hmm. it's hard to come out of that. The shirt is an objective measure that says, hey, man, take a break for a second. Yeah. You know, and so those those variables matter. Those are all going to be part of paradigm. You know, the paradigm is going to, um, anytime somebody's got the shirt on or uh, a tracking metric that we can link up to, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to give cues like that because breathing techniques, meditation, conscious emotional control is what the breathing technique is, right? Um, and then uh, and then also within fitness, all of these things matter about your stress levels, you know, and you can, you can adjust it. So if you're under stress and you're not trying to be, you can bring balance to the body. And if you're ready to go stress yourself on purpose to Mm -hmm. build resilience to that stress, Mm -hmm. then you know how to do it. 
Mm. And so it's very important. No, I, I totally believe in it. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on to the yeah. show, man. Thank and uh, let's go ahead. We're going to eat some elk burgers. Yeah, here. I'm ready, man. And yeah. uh, I, I'm excited for you to try them out. Have you ever had elk burgers? No. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Oh, I good, grew up in good. Myrtle Creek. I've had elk. Yes, yes, I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm excited because everybody that has these ones, they, they seem to like them. So oh, good. Um, we'll, we'll see if I can keep keep that streak continuing here right on man appreciate it <laughs> but uh, all right man well appreciate you coming on the show and uh we'll probably have you back on in the future i'm sure oh for sure <laughs> all right see you later all right guys that's this episode of the podcast be sure to go check out tyson's links down below in the show notes and uh support a really cool guy if you want to learn more about this you can click on his links and get a hold of him he's going to be able to explain it way better than i can but uh, just through using it a little bit I really enjoy it. I, I get a lot more numbers and tracking and do's and don'ts with this thing. It really makes working out easy. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it for guys that are kind of simple that just go to the work, uh, go to the gym, work out, go on a run for however long they feel. And uh, this really tells you a lot more of when to stop, when to start, how hard to go, when to rest. It's really cool. Uh, so definitely check them out. Paradigm Transformations. All the links will be down in the show notes below. And thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.